Get fired up for another episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. A constant barrage of eye-opening conspiracies and ad-libbed innuendo. With filthy mouths and bad attitudes. Featuring Chris. On the streets, he's known as a jackass. Also featuring Parker. Yes, there's no two ways about it. He's super white. And our special guest, Alex. No one knows what it means, but it's provocative. Entire production supervised by Bigfoot. Now, let's join the boys for their latest episode. Ladies and gentlemen, we've watched Olympus Has Fallen, also known as An Exercise in Problem Solving. Parker, which of Gerard Butler's movies is your dad's favorite? Oh, Den of Thieves, easy. For me, we almost have to disqualify that one. Yeah. You gotta pick for, something else, right? For my dad, it should be obvious. 300. Alex, for oh, yours. Of course. <laughs> I, I'm sure my dad has seen, like... 10 of these movies but also couldn't pick gerard butler out of a lineup so (laughs) really the wrong one to ask here oh okay well before we get into olympus and how it fell parker do we have any news you know as someone who's spent years on here getting teased for every nerdy thing he likes just getting raked over the coals and ruined really enjoying taking a step back and laughing at people that have been begging for a third Tron movie for the better part of a decade. <laughs> Suck a fucking dick, nerds. <laughs> no, I'm sure the guy that did Maleficent Tool do a great job with Jared Leto. That soundtrack's gonna be banging. Oh, what's that? Daft Punk retired. Oh, well, get fucked. Stupid fucking losers. Why Ooh, like Tomorrowland ruined everything. It's Disney. They can afford it. They just didn't want to. No one gives a fuck about Tron, you weirdos. First Tron is one of the most overrated movies I've ever seen. And it's not like it was like some sort of hit, but it was like, oh, you know, it's this cult thing. It's the first real video game movie. Dude, that movie fucking blows. Yeah, there's your problem. Tron Tron is ass. I watched 20 minutes of Tron Legacy before I realized, like, I could just listen to these songs. They're on Spotify. I don't have to watch this. (laughs) This is fine. I saw Tron Legacy in a theater on a date with one of the most beautiful women I've ever seen. Humble and right. after the movie, I never, right. I never spoke to her again. That's how dull that Serves you right. Was. I, yeah, exactly. Alright. Oh, Tron. Forgot they're making a third. I, just, you know, that's a new segment I, on here. It's just reminding me about shit I forgot about. I'm just glad to be in the presence of other people that fucking hate Tron. I, I, just, just, I, no. I assume that's just a me thing. Oh, no, no, no. That's, I'm tired uh, of other nerds, like, being happy. I'm what? having to stop on all their dreams like oh yeah. that's what you want this is what you want piggy huh Enjoy look at this this is for you <laughs> you love this <laughs> now make sure to go pay for it or else they won't make a fourth one <laughs> fucking idiot Maleficent <laughs> the visual style of Tron from Maleficent 2 <laughs> Pirates of the Caribbean Uh-oh. 5 Jesus <laughs> <laughs> get fucked nerds Oh yeah, we're still sick. We're fighting. We're fighting for our lives. Okay. How do yeah. how do I get that job? Just being yeah. the the cuck on the Disney lot that gets to direct all of these huge movies that no real director wants to do. It's like, oh, uh, I have some ideas for this. Oh no, we've already pre-rendered sixty percent of it. You should go hold the camera. I'll take that job. I'll take yeah. that credit. Yeah. Fuck oh, yeah, exactly. I mean, you're making a paycheck, and it's Disney money, so. All right. Exactly. Well, uh, throw me under the bus when it fails. I'll take those residuals. Fuck yourself. Yeah. 
Alright, let's get to our uh, Jerks of the Week. Oh, fuck. I can't believe you've done this. My Jerk of the Week is Dracula. Now, you guys know that I completed the horror movie list. Uh, the people who are listening, they won't know for a couple of weeks, because I'm way behind. But uh, one of the things that I noticed about the horror list is there's so many fucking vampire movies. And not all vampire movies are bad. A lot of them are really good. But there are just so many that I was getting really sick and tired of it. Anyway, the reason I hate Dracula is I got bit by a fucking vampire, and I thought they were just, like, works of fiction, but no, it turns out not only do they bite, but they suck, too. So, that was kind of fucking painful. Anyway, uh, I don't have a taste for human blood yet, so maybe this is going to be, like, a Renfield situation. Uh, Long Lost Relative, you can hear in the name. Who are your jerks of the week? Who do you Uh, fucking think? (laughs) (laughs) Fucking guess. <laughs> Speaking of things that fucking suck, <laughs> watch that game from work. I was sitting at an angle where like I'd use the computer for something, and I could see the break room TV. And I le- I just crook my head to the right to see them line up. And I open Discord and I type, I don't know what this last play is gonna be, but it's gonna fucking piss me off. And then I saw the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. The hook and splatter. It's always good uh, when you have a play that doesn't work and it gets nicknamed immediately. Always a good sign. <laughs> Look, you say what you want about the Cowboys and all of their, you know, overpaid bad players and all of their coaches make idiotic decisions. Well, you had the balls to try that shit, honestly. Yeah, it's like the meme of the guy. I think I'm in. I think I'm in on Kellen Moore for life now. No, please. You can <laughs> It's the meme of the guy tearing off the calendar to see his 1984 as you're talking about my dog shit team and their bad contracts. <laughs> my god, it's 2007 all over again. Doug Free. Well, at least Jay now Ratliff. you don't have Quincy Carter. What? Kinda. What's a Gerald sense of all? Honey! Honey, look at my paycheck. I by way, I saw that Leighton Van Der Esch was listed as one of their undrafted free agents. I was like, oh, he's probably healthy. Yeah, sure. Go ahead, give him a huge extension. That has never yeah. backfired. His neck I just will be assume, fine. I just assume, like, if you were able to like remove the pads like from his body without like changing his posture at all, it would just be like an actual square under there, like <laughs> right, right where the neck goes. Like, I was gonna he, say like the head comes off with the with the topper, kind of like a Lego thing. Yeah, he is a Roblox, and we love that for him. He's yeah. got a lot of grit. Loves working out. Uh, better luck next year, Psych. <laughs> it's gonna be dog shit again. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, that was great. Alex, who's your jerk of the week? Uh, it's going to come up later. So, Uh-oh. Yeah. All right. By the way, I, I want to say uh, hero of the week. I'm the, we don't usually do this on the show, but I have a good reason. Hero of the week is the Cheeto Man. Now, Hell you, yeah. You may have heard that uh, friends of the show, Diamond and Silk, uh, Diamond <laughs> died. Uh, Diamond passed away. Is that the one that died? I don't remember which one died. Yeah, Diamond's the one who died. In case you don't know which one uh, is Diamond, which one is Silk, Diamond's the one who yells at the camera a lot, and uh, Silk is the one that goes, "Mm mm-hmm. So So it's like Penn and Teller, but for... (laughs) Oh, I caught myself. I caught myself. It it is really, really tough when you're a hype man and, like, your main guy dies. So she's going to have to grift really fucking hard. It's public anyway. enemy with just flavor flavor. You really hate to see it. 
Exactly. The, like, you, the idea of a silent Bob origin story movie just flashed <laughs> yeah. through my brain as you said that. And, exactly. Uh, like, you can't be a fucking... Long. You can't be a fucking hype man for, like, uh, Candace Owens, you know? It's just not gonna work. So, anyway, uh, Silk... Sorry, Silk didn't die. Silk is alive. Uh, Diamond died. Uh, and there's debate about whether she was vaccinated or, like, if she died of the... Fight. No, I actually, I think the conspiracy theory they're going with now is that she was not vaccinated, but she was very close to someone who was vaccinated and it passed it oh to like her. fentanyl yeah, yeah they were doing yeah they were doing that thing uh anyway so she had like a long funeral and stuff right and trump was there because you know of course and he as soon as he gets up to the point he immediately starts complaining about how long the funeral is <laughs> Fuck yeah, and, dude. and he's he my he's my hero because that's how i feel when i start like editing these things like Two and a half hours? What the hell did we talk about? <laughs> As you listen to the 30th movie you watched that week, you're like, all right, well, yeah, some, that's some why blame I, is that, here. That's why I'm taking like some steps back here. I just right. imagine Donald Trump just sitting there after 45 minutes being like, all right, guys, seriously, what is all this? Like, I thought this would be yeah. a fun thing. What? He's he's at a funeral and he's telling jokes. <laughs> he's telling... So, there's a crowd. I mean, yeah, like, you know. They're not there for nothing. You know, they told me that this was going to be uh, really short. It's only you know, you know, 15 minutes. It's a lot longer than 15 minutes. <laughs> hey, what does the guy with the giant hook come out on stage? <laughs> I don't understand. Do they not like the people with the hook anymore? I can never tell. Okay, uh, let's get into what we watched on that happy note. I watched some assignments uh, against my better judgment. One of my assignments was, uh, well, actually I have two of these on here. I was only able to get to one, is a movie musical. And this is kind of a tough one for me because one of the things I like to do for this podcast is I try to talk about stuff that I haven't already seen. Because if I've already seen it, I've probably already talked about it. It's not going to be like, what am I going to say, you know? So stuff that's fresh, that's a little bit better for the show. So I, I went through, like, uh, what are some well-known movie musicals that I have not seen? Boy, there's a lot of animated ones, so I was like, oh, I'm going to avoid these. Instead, uh, I went with a movie that stars Bjork, the singer. Uh, this is an interesting movie. It's called Dancer in the Dark. Don't look it up oh. yet. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Oh, 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 okay. Oh, he knows. Yeah, he oh, knows. I'm, aw- uh, I'm aware. <laughs> so here's the thing. Dancer in the Dark is about Bjork, and she, uh, she plays a Polish woman who has emigrated to the United States, and uh, she has a degenerative eye condition, and so does her son. And she works in a, in a factory or something, and she's saving up money little by little to get an, uh, an eye operation done. Anyway, uh, Oh, just something... like Joey Wheeler. Yeah, kind of like that, yeah. <laughs> uh, except not as happy. Uh, anyway, she uh, even though she has a lot of trouble seeing, she kind of lives in her she can sort of escape to her own sort of musical like one of my favorite songs in the whole thing is when she's in the factory and the percussive noises of all the machinery starts creating its own beat and she starts singing over it uh, i don't know how you guys feel about bjork but i think she's pretty cool uh, I, I like her i like her music for the most part uh, she has a very interesting personality i, I think she kind of rules but what i like most about her is uh she went up to the director every single day uh, at the start of the shoot and spat on him and said I hate you the director is Lars von Schreer I should have looked that up before starting this I'm sure he deserved it (laughs) 
Yeah, I as it turns out, he more than deserved it. Turns out he got me tooed by uh, by her on this. He was after every single take for the first two months of shooting, he was going up to her and like hugging her and like caressing her, and she eventually she was like, "Dude, you gotta stop this. This is not cool. Don't do that." And uh, he reacted very poorly, destroyed a chair on set, and stormed off, uh, stopping very expensive production, and colluded with the producer to paint Bjork in a bad light, saying that she was uncooperative, that she was hard to work with, and claiming that she ate one of her own shirts. Not sure how that's possible. And uh, he denied it, and the producer denied it, but people did some more digging. It turns out the producer has done shit like that in the past. So, uh, to Lars von Trier, if what, you're listening shirts? to this... <laughs> yeah, I, no, well, I've done the, you know, abusing women and stuff like that. Uh, to uh, Lars von Trier, if you're listening to this, and I know you are, fuck you, dude. It just never made a really good movie. we got to stop giving Where's My Hug guys absolute power in Hollywood. Also that, too, yeah. So, uh, so next week's episode on season one of Rick and Morty. Yeah be really good yeah <laughs> now i uh, ab- about the movie itself is it good <sighs> sort of it's a it's a two and a half hour musical and uh, the musicals are bjork so bjork can be kind of hit or miss if you're not into her music then you're not going to have a good time with this i uh, i liked some of the songs a lot uh this is the only musical life I think I've seen that's a feel bad musical. I, I guess there are maybe some exceptions. Maybe uh, Sweeney Todd is uh, kind of a downer. Uh, I gotta tell you, towards the end, it genuinely gets hard to watch uh, because she's been sentenced to uh, to death because she committed a murder. I'm gonna get to that murder in a second, but uh, towards the end of the movie, she's she's on death row, and I, I've been anti death penalty for a long time. Boy, this movie really, you know, goes with what I've been saying for a long time about just how cruel the death penalty is. And it's, it is actually hard to look at for some of this stuff. You feel really bad. She does a great job in this. I, I think she should have gotten nominated for more awards. I think she won Best Actress at Cannes uh, Film Festival. But the murder itself is kind of funny, at least to describe. So she's got, like, an eye problem. She... She's been saving money away in, like, a little coffee can and stuff. And some guy that lives in that town, sees her, and steals the money. And she finds out about it, and she goes to his house and says, hey, give me the money back. And he says, no, no way. And he pulls a gun on her. And she's so blind that in the struggle, she accidentally takes the gun and shoots him with it. And the guy's dying. He's bleeding out. And he's he's like, oh, no, please, put me out of my misery. And she's so blind she can't do that. She puts, like, three more shots at him, and she can't kill him. He's just sitting there like, oh, come on. I was reminded of, like, Will Ferrell from Austin Powers. (laughs) That will come up again later when we talk about Olympus has fallen. (laughs) Yeah. And she actually asks, she ends up, like, killing him with a tea tray. It was just like, how fucking bad are you at killing people? You gotta be really fucking blind. Uh, but anyway, yeah, it's an alright movie. Again, your mileage may vary, but I, I do feel very bad for Bjork in this. You're like, oh, you feel bad for this multi-millionaire? I was like, no, I feel bad for a woman who went through a really harrowing experience. I, I do feel bad for her. She was so upset about the making of this movie that she vowed to never act again. But she made a special exception for the Northmen, so I'm really happy about that. So anyway, uh, Bjork, if you're listening to this, and I know you are, come on the show, it'd be nice to talk to you. All right, next assignment. Uh, this one was uh, a lot of fun. This is called Religious by oh. Bill Maher. 
Uh, what a fucking asshole you are. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, this was assigned to me because uh, Alex is like, hey, Chris, you're a religious man, which right off the bat, I knew this wasn't going to be a lot of fun. Uh, this movie is from 2008, and boy, can you smell it. Oh, it, no. it really has that like internet atheist sort of reek to it. And look, there are a lot of very, very strong arguments against religion and Christianity in particular. That I can't refute. I'm just some guy. And that's why they call it faith and God moves in mysterious ways. But we're going to focus on the big thing about this movie, which is Bill Maher. You guys have seen uh, comedians talking in cars, right? That, uh, I think it's a Seinfeld thing? Uh, uh, no most comment. of this, most of this aware, movie but... is Bill Maher in a van being driven somewhere and someone has a camera on him. And they realize they don't have enough content to fill up a 90-minute movie. It's just him kind of like ranting about like... You know, when I was a kid, I went to church, but I knew it was all bullshit. And, uh, and no one's laughing in the van. The thing about Bill Maher, look, I'm try- it's a new year. I'm trying to be nicer. I'm trying to be more, you know, understanding stuff. I know, I'm trying, though. Here's the nice stuff about Bill Maher. I've never really watched his show, but I've seen a couple clips online before, and... What well, words do you say in those clips? Every every once in a while, he, he'll say something that's kind of funny. He gets a few zingers in there, but I attribute those more to his uh, writing staff than I attribute to him. I say that because in this movie, early on, you see like some of his stand-up, and his stand-up is really bad. It's just like, boy, I wonder what the first guy was like when when he proposed uh, you know circumcision, right? That must have been wild. It must have been like, hmm. And these are like 1980s audiences, so everyone's coked out of their minds. They're going wild, screaming and applauding. And you look at how much time is left in the movie. It's an hour and 28 minutes. <laughs> so uh, what else can I say that's nice about Bill Maher? He's honest. And that really, that does go a long way. I don't think this guy is here to like bullshit or, or say anything just to get applause because there's a lot of late night hosts who will do that sort of thing. Bill Maher says what he thinks, and there is some value in that, and he's never, uh, he doesn't really have the cowardice to, like, say something that he doesn't believe just to make some money, and he's gotten very successful off of uh, his shtick. And now for the bad. This is the smarmiest man who has ever lived. This is, (laughs) if you looked up smug in the dictionary, it would be him. Just going like, hmm? With this, it's like, you know, some people believe in Jesus, but other people don't. Which one is right, I wonder. Even when he makes good points in the movie, it's it's offset by the way that he's delivering it. Also, he had to choose, like, a bunch of rooms for this movie. I'm not saying that it's like, oh, why don't you choose someone who can really debate you on the existence of Christ? But, like, he's choosing, like, a bunch of bumpkins, and it's just like, boy, you really showed them. I will say, in fairness, that... It's not just all dumping on Christianity. He uh, he also dumps on Muslims too. Oh, and you Jews. don't say. <laughs> yeah, uh, fine. I guess I, I will say that uh, the Hindus appear to have escaped, unless I forgot about that part. And the Buddhists too, although they haven't blown anyone up yet. So, give guess them time. They don't really uh, need anything there. Uh, yeah, you know I. <sighs> I don't agree with uh, a lot of what Bill Maher says. And religiously, it's like, I, I don't expect anyone to agree with me. It's like Catholicism has got its own shared problems, believe you me. But this documentary is not convincing anyone, and I can't imagine that it's entertaining anyone either. I think that this could have been pretty good if you had gotten someone even mildly entertaining to host it instead of Bill Maher. So, 
Uh, didn't like that one. Thanks so much. Yeah, I don't right. know why you did that, Parker. That was pretty fucked up. I think it says yeah. a lot that... Uh, I mean, Alex... Well, this was actually on the list, so... Even me in 2008 <laughs> would be like, there's no fucking way I'm watching this obnoxious movie. <laughs> yeah. That says a lot, honestly, because... Yeah, exactly. Man, I... There wasn't a locker you couldn't cram me in. Even I wouldn't watch that shit. Right, exactly. Uh, all right. Two more here. Uh, these are going to go back-to-back. I was assigned two talking animal movies. I gotta admit, uh, the fact that I've seen a lot of talking animal movies, because... Look at me. Uh, it, it does kind of preclude me from talking about a lot of these. Like, I was going through uh, talking animal movies. I'm like, all right, which ones haven't I... Uh-oh. Because <laughs> it was like... Was it one, Parker, that you watched with, like, Brendan Fraser or whatever? It was, uh... I don't want to talk about of, it. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, that oh my god, he did such good. a good job talking to that squirrel. Oh my god, he's so great. <laughs> Wait, you watched that too? <laughs> no, I, I didn't see it, no. Uh, but it was, like, uh, one I of the mean, ones that was, like, listed. Uh, the animal's talking that, right? Uh, they sure. Yeah, yeah, because there's a Jackie Chan thing in there. Uh, oh, Parker God, would that's know. right. Oh yeah, my yeah, God, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> dredge that for my yeah. fucking brain. Yeah. I watched that for the show. <laughs> oh right, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, oh my God, I will say that well, I, I, I had a, I, I had a coin flip. I had two choices. Like, okay, I could do that and be more relevant, or I could do that and have far less to say and just go, yeah, it was pretty good. I went with the stuff that's more relevant for the show. I passed up on Paddington and Paddington Two. I should have watched it. All right, I'll. I should have said. You will like, eventually. Yeah, yeah, uh, probably. That's... You know, eventually a girl will date me. Anyway, uh, for literally yes. <laughs> Instead, I went with uh, the on the waterfront for millennials and Zoomers, uh, the Puss in Boots movies. Now, I, I I think it's well known on the show that I don't really like the Shrek movies. I liked them when I was eleven, but after that, I was like, oh these kind of suck and when puss in boots came out in 2011 i was like ah, that's that's not really for me i'm in college i got work to do i don't really i'm an adult this. i don't watch baby movies anymore no i don't so i put it on now that i'm 33 uh the first one is fine it passes the time it's uh i will say there are a couple things that impress me it it actually looks really good for 2011 like I, I think there's something that Disney has kind of lost with its uh, with its animation. It's not really willing to take risks in a certain way. And I'll get to that with the next one here. But there's a lot of detail with, like, the fur and stuff. Uh, there's, there's facial animation that really communicates uh, effective emotions. And that's that's kind of tough to do, especially because they're cats and, you know, the way, like, their, their mouths uh, look and stuff. That's kind of tough to pull off. But this one does it. I will say what's more annoying than a talking animal movie is a dancing animal movie. All right? That's why Marmaduke kind of sucks. It's like you have to have a fucking animal dance-off. And they do in this movie, and it's kind of annoying. Uh, there was one joke that made me laugh. Uh, he's a Puss in Boots, voiced by Antonio Banderas, is uh, fighting another cat who's trying to steal a thing. And, uh, and they're fighting and they're fighting and they're fighting. And he ends up uh, hitting her over the head with an acoustic guitar. And uh, she's voiced by Salma Hayek. And she's like, did you just, you just uh, hit me with a, with a guitar? He's like, you're a woman? And uh, someone's like, oh, he just hit a girl. And one cat goes, ooh. Kind of like the sort of like, Parker, please report to the principal's office. And then one kid in the back goes, ooh, sort of in trouble. 
I was, I was like, oh, that's that kid. Yeah, yeah I was kind I of every time. So. I knew it. Yeah. Anyway, they do that. They, by the way, that joke, they do that three times in the movie. So, Hell yeah. Yeah. Speaking my language. I love yeah. these stupid little cats. Yeah. You know what's weird is I don't actually have any real criticisms of the first Puss in Boots movie, which I guess means it's perfect. But uh, I, it's not really about anything. It's just like, yeah, we went on an adventure. If it's about anything, it'd be a stretch. It'd be like, yeah, it's about trust and, um, you know, doing the right thing. Even if you did something bad before, you got to try and make it right. I don't know. What was the plot here? Oh, the plot. Okay, so you know how in Shrek they have, like, fairy tale creatures and stuff? In this one, Jack and Jill are very bad, and they want to steal uh, the the magic beans from Jack of the Beanstalk because they can go up there and they get, like, the golden eggs and stuff, and they can sell them for money. I, I don't know. It didn't do a lot for me. It, the weird thing about this is this was during an era in which the animated movies, they had to have like this whole lineup of celebrity voices. So uh, Amy Sedaris is in this. She plays Jill. I I don't know why. I They they just have that. Zach Galifianakis plays Humpty Dumpty. Oh my god. Right? Yeah. Dude. Zach Galifianakis sounds like Patton Oswalt if he had like one less friend growing up, which is zero. It's uh, it's a bit much. He's he's really not very good in this, and you can tell that he's trying, which is a bit of a shame. Antonio Banderas is fine. Uh, he does a good job. Apparently, there is a whole fucking TV show that went for like seven seasons, where it's not voiced by Antonio Banderas. So I'm just not gentlemen's agreement, folks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, I didn't know that like the Puss in Boots shit was that popular. But uh, speaking of popularity, it's a Puss cat Boots, with a sword. Yeah, Have you seen well, Thundercats, you fucking idiot? <laughs> I, that's very different. I'm going to say that is a different thing. <laughs> this is the one that makes cute faces and says stupid lines like, remember the line from the trailer? Because I remember seeing the trailer all the fucking time. It was like, fear me if you dare. And I was like, oh. And they really make that like the central thing. Anyway, uh, they made a, a squeakquel, uh, Puss in Boots The Last Wish, which everyone is talking about is like the greatest thing of all time. So uh, fuck, I've been trying to get her to see it for a week and a half. Oh, Tomorrow uh, might be the day. All right, well, good news. You guys are going to like it because it's actually good. I've heard uh, that from everyone. Right, so yeah. Exactly. Honestly, yeah. same. I, I will say alone. that like I, I do think it's a little bit overhyped, specifically in the, the thing I put on, on, on the Discord with that person saying, Finally, a realist depiction of a panic attack. <laughs> I love, I love the guy's reaction to like I'm turning to an 11 year old son next week. I'm here to see a realistic depiction of a panic attack. <laughs> but more so, everyone who was getting like fucking furious at that guy. <laughs> he was like, I looked at all the quote retweets. I was looking like Joe Biden. <laughs> it's uh, yeah, it does a good job. Uh, it's not the best depiction of a panic attack I've ever seen because King of the Hill did it better, but uh. It's it is good in the movie, and you're watching it like, oh, that is a pain. I've had them before. It's like that's exactly what what it is, and it does deal with it fairly well. Uh, it looks really good. See, it doesn't have the quite as much detail, I guess, with like the fur and stuff that uh, the first movie has, but it's so much more stylized in a way that you can clearly tell whoever made this they took a long glance at Into the Spider Verse. And they they took a lot of inspiration from that in a very good way. Like, there are a couple of points where, like, the frames will drop a little bit. And you know they're doing that on purpose because it's it's creating its own style. And it really works to the movie's benefit. I was very happy to see that. And the style, 
it, it communicates something while you're watching it, which is all that I've ever really wanted from animation. Uh, my favorite character is they have a bunch of more fairy tale creatures. They have uh, there's a cameo from some characters from the first uh, Shrek movies. They have a uh, the gingerbread man's in there for a split second. Uh, Pinocchio's in there for a split second. But more importantly than Pinocchio, they have essentially Jiminy Cricket, and he's voiced by some guy who's doing a Jimmy Stewart impression. And it it was really fucking funny. That was my favorite part of the thing. Uh, Jack Horner. I, I don't want to give away the Jack Horner character, but Alex, you're gonna like Jack Horner. <laughs> I'm sure that I will. Do you? Jack Horner is a guy who put a, his thumb in a pie and said, "What a good boy am I?" Or something. Which, by the way, I, that never made sense to me. If I ever did that, I get slapped. But uh, yeah, he's the main villain in this. Uh, Jack Horner invented gaslighting, dude. <laughs> oh, we'll get to gaslighting in a second. But uh, uh, who else is in this? Uh, just some stupid dog or something like that. I don't, I don't know. Anyway, the basic idea here is that Puss is on his last life. Cats have nine lives. He's used up eight of them. This is a movie that is so willing to take risks that Disney has so long since sacrificed. Like, the movie, one of the first things the movie does is shows eight different ways that Puss got killed. And they actually show it for most of these. It's like, that stuff Looney Tunes would do back in like the 40s and it's kind of nice to see it again it's like yeah just show puss getting killed i bet the animators had like a really good time doing that and it's fun like parker it sounds like oh you see a cat getting killed parker your girlfriend will love this movie i can personally guarantee that. <laughs> i'm positive <laughs> yeah <laughs> chris chris not to interrupt you on that but i yeah. have to ask yeah did you also see the the tweet that's been going around of the video of all the different ways that grim tries to kill himself on the Grim adventures of billy and mandy <laughs> i i have not seen that i probably i it. remind me to link that to you <laughs> yeah. when we're done because uh yeah <laughs> speaking of animators that were having a good fucking time doing looney tune shit god, that oh show yeah. was so god. Good. yeah uh, so ripped. there's a I wouldn't say they're adult jokes. There are a couple points where uh, they actually bleep it, and bleeping when you say a bad word is funny, no matter what it is. And in this one, that's what got the biggest laughs from the audience. And it doesn't feel like, oh, little adult jokes for the dads who had to bring their kids to this movie. It it never really feels like that. It feels like whoever was writing this was like, well, it's funny to me, and they just put it in the movie. And that works really, really well. There are some points that are probably too childish for our for our age range which i mean look at it it's puss and boots what are you what are you gonna expect those points are okay my biggest problem is the lack of subtlety in the dialogue uh there is a character uh no really this is important and it, it actually bothered me <laughs> yeah oh, yeah whatever yeah it's like no no I, the I, laugh the laugh made me laugh no, yeah, you're fine yeah. it was a funny sentence yeah, i'm sorry yeah. <laughs> yeah, i know yeah the, the lack of subtlety in the dialogue at puss and boots the last wish uh so I I think you guys may have heard about this uh, the movie the antagonist not the villain is a wolf that is a representation of death. And as I was watching, I was like, "Wow, this is really good. This is so this is really good for kids to sort of like piece it together in their heads what's going on, and it makes kids think. And that's what I like about kids movies if they're really well done, is they have something for kids to like really mull over, and it it shapes their worldview and stuff like that. And then, uh, the wolf towards... This isn't really a spoiler. It also, like, you know, you can just watch it and figure it out. The wolf says that he is death. Not metaphorically, not, you know, theoretically, I am death. I'm like, alright, the kids who are watching this are not that dumb. You kind of treat kids with, like, a little bit more respect. The other stuff with the subtlety of the dialogue is... It kind of feels like they're explaining jokes a lot. And, uh, in a way that... It, it feels like, oh, this is the joke. The, the fact that we're explaining it, that's the joke. And it, 
doesn't really work that way. That is like the most minor fucking complaint I can come up with. Like, really, this movie works very, very well. The strong points very, very much make up for all the weak points. Uh, I I do highly recommend this. This is one of the better movies I've seen of the year. I don't know if it's in my top ten, but uh, I mean, last year was kind of weak for uh, animated movies. It was like this, and uh, I guess Parker the Guillermo del Toro Pinocchio was pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, well, Even I was if it was just happy, fine. It's like it's top three just yeah. by existing. Yeah, I was kind of happy not to see like any Disney movies were nominated or like getting any recognition for best animated feature. DreamWorks is. Uh, is really doing a number here. And I'm not like, I never really got into like the Pixar versus DreamWorks uh, debate or whatever, but uh, DreamWorks has some solid stuff. They still do uh, the, was it the How to Train Your Dragon stuff. I really like those movies. That's uh, right. One of those companies still makes movies for kids. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, Puss in Boots, The Last Wish is actually good. I, I saw this in a theater that was full of kids. I have to admit, I was kind of stunned that there wasn't more laughter, more giggling or anything. Everyone was like stone side. I think the Alamo must have intimidated them into like, by the way, no talking means no laughing either. But no one could help it when they when they started uh, beeping out swears and stuff, which uh, again, very funny. Uh, so yeah, I like that one. I had a good time. Four shots uh, removed from the theater for constantly whispering, "Girls at school call me puss in boots." Until I was <laughs> reprimanded, I got kicked out for like turning to the eleven-year-old next to me and saying, "Like the lack of subtlety in the dialogue is just ruining this for me." So, hey kid, uh, hey kid, look at your order card. You see what that says? It said this is an accurate <laughs> depiction of a panic attack, <laughs> and I want another pretzel. Yeah. Oh man, I got chips and queso. Should have got the pretzel instead. Mistake on my part. All right, the last one. Uh, Parker, you want to play a game? Absolutely. <laughs> All right, this game is called Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. <laughs> Dude. Dude, this movie this, fucking rules. <laughs> this could have been a disaster. Yeah, I was I was actually kind of expecting it to be a disaster because I saw the trailer for this at the Alamo like uh, 3,600 times, and I was kind of getting annoyed with it by the end of it. But interestingly enough, I wasn't getting annoyed with Pete Davidson. He was like the best part of the trailer, and he ends up being one of my favorite parts of the movie. We will get to that. Oh yeah. Uh, the basic we're idea spoil here. this whole fucking thing. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the ending like bumps it up a full star easily. Oh yeah. So the basic idea of this movie is a bunch of millennial girls and Pete Davidson and some forty-year-old guy they met on Tinder. <laughs> to reveal <laughs> that it's a bunch of couples, and then one of the girls just matches fucking just Lee Pace who's just there 40 year old weirdo hanging out at her mom's house we can't, yeah we can't emphasize it enough weirdo uh, he's yeah he is definitely 40 by the way and they're a hold up at Pete Davidson's dad's house uh, which kind of looks like a really nice mansion That that's really, like really important geography for this movie this oversized locale you feel like a stranger who's getting lost, uh, trying to navigate these people and the way that they talk. Uh, Alex, have you seen the trailer for this? Yes, like okay, times, yeah, all so right. So you know basically what I'm getting at here. For anyone who hasn't seen this, it's you know triggered. Uh, you know you're being so toxic right now. You know you're gaslighting me, shit like that. And that's a lot like of that's just movie. in like one scene too. Honestly, yeah, exactly. It's not, it's not the entire movie. Very good scene. It by the way, could have been. I like, that's this movie the, could have yeah. been ninety nine times out of a hundred is. I don't make it 15 minutes in and I get Right, yeah, yeah. 
I because when you see the trailer, you're like, oh god, was this written by? Like, it, it feels like it's written by. Uh, it's was that movie you also signed me, Dennis Prager and Adam Carolla sit down and talk <laughs> about their differences. Uh, <laughs> it's not me. Don't yeah, sorry that about was that. A, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's still stuck in my head. Thank you. For I that. understandable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, because you think they're going to be overbearers, like, oh, the liberal millennials, they all talk like this. But they, they don't really do that. That's that's not all that it's about. But it is enough of a part of it that the movie is trying to send a bit of a, a, bit of a message about people who talk like that all the time. It does kind of look like the Twitter uh, recommended for you tab that no one likes. So uh, it does that fairly well. Uh, Parker, is there anything you'd like to say before we get to the ending? Well... It becomes a fucking like who done it where they play this yeah, silly yeah. little game, and then uh, all the power goes out because there's a hurricane coming. That's why they're all there, mm-hmm. and uh, Pete Davidson just like slams up against someone from outside with his throat cut, and that's what starts everything off. And then the whole movie is like, okay, well, who killed him? And then you know more people turn up dead. Things keep escalating. All of everyone's secrets with each other's come out. All the issues everyone's been hiding comes out. It's one of those kinds of movies. Mm-hmm. Then you get to the very end reveal where it's down to like two people left at this point. Like everyone else is just fucking dead. Everyone has aired all their grievances. Everyone's everyone's skeletons are out of the closet. Like if they had survived, they would have never spoken to each other again. Like just shit you can't take back. And they go to they find the phone and they go to unlock it. They're like, wait, this isn't your phone. And they walk over to Pete Davidson's corpse and they use, you know, the retinal scan to open it and the last thing that was being recorded was a video he was taking of himself trying to open a champagne bottle with a sword and then he accidentally slid his own throat because he kept yeah. missing and that's how <laughs> the entire movie started it's a sword that looks identical to this it's a just it's, one it's of the first lines incredible. of the movie is give me back my dad's Gurkha sword <laughs> <laughs> These people ruin each other's lives and commit actual murder because Pete Davidson kills himself trying to record a TikTok opening yeah. a champagne bottle. <laughs> That's one of my it favorite. Like so it was good. all a big misunderstanding. That's so fucking good. Holy <laughs> shit! How have I not dude, seen this? Yeah, because I, you saw that trailer and it's a twenty four, and no amount right, of us yeah, telling yeah. you, dude, we promise, would have been enough. No, you yeah. saw it. and You were like, yeah, it was fine. Yeah, but. I didn't see it because you said I didn't need to see it. I, j- I just saw it today, like two days yeah. ago. Yeah. What? No, you definitely talked about this before, didn't no, you? No, I literally just watched it not. this weekend. Game oh, Park. shit. Yeah. Uh, Mandela. Yeah. I yeah. call Mandela. Okay. I probably well, watched that, some dumb piece of shit. That's, you yeah. know me. Uh, I, uh, Alex, I do think this is one of the rare A24 movies that you would probably like. Oh, 100%. Uh, I, 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 I kind of got Spring I had Breakers. it in my head that somebody told me I didn't need to watch it. Parker, I, did you get H, Did you get a Spring Breakers vibes from this? Because I kind of did. It's kind of like they were transplanted to this mansion and they added Pete, Pete Davidson. I want to talk about Pete Davidson really quick. The guy's, like, actually funny. That guy's got chops. Like, he's, he's a funny person. Just, like stuff he does with his face and the stuff he says he is a complete asshole in this movie but i i like him more than everyone else <laughs> he's a total piece of shit but he's also right like why is this 40 year old dude at my mom's house like get the yeah. fuck out of here also i i gotta i already burned this one off mike but i gotta do it again uh one of the main actors is the blonde one whose name i, I don't know what it is uh she she has an accent and it I kept thinking it was like a Latvian accent because it's the same accent that I read whenever I could see those like potato jokes, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that was all I kept thinking. I didn't want to look it up because I didn't want to ruin it. That wasn't like 
a well-known actress, was it? I, I could be wrong. No, oh, speaking so. of well-known actresses, uh, the the Puss in Boots sequel there is all, it's much more preferable to the prior one because there weren't as many celebrities. However, Florence Pugh was in it as, uh, who she play? Oh, she plays Goldilocks. Oh no, and, did they let her be British? Yeah, she is very, she uh, is full on uh, British, yeah. And all the bears are uh, British too. Oh. Uh, now, he, that's not even the worst part. The worst part is she is not trying. She is really not trying. And it was like, kind of weird. Because like, everyone else is is doing their best. Antonio Banderas is trying really hard. Salma Hayek is at the top of her game. And whoever was playing the wolf was doing a great job. And, and she, as Goldilocks, was just awful. And uh, if any girl ever listened to this podcast, they'd probably kill me because uh, Florence Pugh is their new queen or something. I don't know. Everyone seems to like her for some reason. I don't, I don't get it. She pouts a lot. But uh, anyway, yeah, Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. Really good movie. Uh, it has some important things to say about current issues affecting teenagers today. And it's it's funny. Uh, it, it's, it's funny and you kind of get sucked into the story. You're kind of trying to predict like what's going on, who is who, stuff like that. Uh, I yeah, Alex, you, you'd enjoy this. I don't doubt that for a second. Yeah, sorry for ruining it for you. Sorry, yeah, it's fine. I'm gonna forget this happened. Yeah, I don't think this ruined it for him because uh, a he probably could have like predicted something like that would happen, but also b I have you seen just the got him. Yeah, you just got him into this even more. So yeah. I guarantee <laughs> anyway, you're yeah. watching it. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna remember. I need to watch it and like remember this in like three months. And right, right, right. Yeah. We'll, we'll be back. Don't worry. Okay. Don't worry. Uh, Anyway, the only other thing I watched is like uh, Soprano season two. It's still good. My impression of Tony Soprano's is still. <sighs> it seems like every single step he takes, like like the sides of his heart are going to be blowing out like old tires. Uh, God, it's gonna be me one day. I can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> hey good. Parker, did you see the trailer from the new Saw? <laughs> <laughs> so. All right, uh, Alex, what'd you watch? Uh, Chris didn't consume anything about any particular British royals. I I did consume one thing, but it wasn't a movie. Uh, I read a clickhole article about Prince Harry. Yeah. Yeah. How'd that go? It was a funny article. <laughs> Parker, your thoughts? Oh, I forgot. Yeah, looks like <laughs> I win. <laughs> I even fucking looked up yesterday because his stupid fucking audiobook is on Spotify, so I was just going to burn like an hour. God. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, God, dude, I'm so excited, too. Dude, Damn I, it. I, I, spent... I was going to find the passage where he talks about his weird little British dick. I'm so yeah, mad. Yeah, dude, I, 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 the article that I read took me less than two minutes to read. Okay? I, was... I should have just lied. God damn it. If, if you if you want to if you want to read the uh, title, no, like, Prince I have Harry's cues Prince Harry are clear as glass, and six other jaw dropping revelations from his best selling memoir. The are hair you on sure his you head didn't have red. a bunch of uh, you didn't have a bunch of Carson Wentz highlights on or anything? Well, the thing is, I was uh, going we didn't to, see him this week. I, I, I saw have, it on I did a, fucking Sunday night. Let me tell you, <laughs> I did have a plan for it though. I was I was going to watch uh, Super Bowl Fifty Two. And uh, just every single time that Carson Wentz was on the sidelines, you know, like on crutches or something, I'd like start the stopwatch, you know. <laughs> I want to rewatch that game. God damn it. I even fucking. <laughs> it's on my Spotify homepage. I'm so mad. I hope you paid money for it. I did not. Well, technically, because it's Spotify. God, All right. Well, looks like he has to watch the whole Netflix series. Fuck. Oops. <laughs> 
Count it. And one. <laughs> <laughs> that worked out better than I could have expected. Yeah. <laughs> also, you can't tell her why you have to watch it. You gotta pretend you're really interested in Prince Harry. <laughs> one for you, one for me, babe. We saw the yeah. six fucking okay. <laughs> okay. We oh good, they're only like an hour each. That'll fly by. <laughs> so cool. Oh man, you know Adam Carolla and Dennis Prager may be very different people, but they have a lot in common. Just yeah, think they if didn't you talk had managed for six hours, did they? You fucking prick. If you had managed to invest 180 seconds into Prince Harry content. Yeah. Damn, let me look up how long Transformers 4 is. I forgot Ooh. to do so much today, and that was the most important. I had a productive It's all because I woke up at like 4.30 this morning and could not fall back asleep for hours. Oh, that's God. Sucks. Well, you know what might have helped with that? Yeah, or yeah. put me right the fuck out when it's... <laughs> God. Fucking shit. What's the matter, brother? Not very chuffed? <laughs> oh, I'm quite chuffed. <laughs> he is... He is quite plenty and proper chuff. <laughs> I want to go to a soccer game and say a bunch of racial slurs. I'm oh, so God, fucking I'm mad. so knackered yeah. right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a lot like that one. Yeah, he's getting boffed across the bonds. What could they yeah. talk of? Oh. Yeah. My God. Yeah. Oh, you're going to be getting this in chunks. Let me fucking tell you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Cannot oh, man. This is six episodes long. Six episodes. That is <laughs> fucked. Yeah. Well, it didn't have to be you, dude. I. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Been a big week for me. Let me tell you. <laughs> I feel like and, Zeke uh... right now, trying to block that nose tackle. <laughs> Just getting sent off like Team Rocket. Hey, you gotta admit, clean snap. Yeah. <laughs> do I? <laughs> that would have been great plane homework for you. Dude, as soon as the guy made contact with Zeke, I, I heard like the inception noise like <laughs> <laughs> And they fucking called the timeout. I was like, surely they can't do the same formation again. Like they'll they never see it coming. They know what you're doing. <laughs> Alright, you've had all year. Did you plan a second play for this? No. All right. We just assumed they'd be out of timeouts at this point. Dude, if they had lined up in punt formation for a fake punt pass, that would have been better. Fuck, man. Like, I couldn't even tell what was happening first. I just saw how far away they were. I was like, no. I'm not giving this my attention. Yeah, that Mike McCarthy's a real nonce. As I was going to turn my head, I saw him get obliterated. And I knew it was not going to go well. Parker's at work, he just slams his fist in the computer and goes, Oh, bugger! You know, we average just like two yards of carry, but don't worry, he had a clean snap. <laughs> Much like they had a clean break from the British royal family, which I will <laughs> tell all of you about next week. Well, I, I wasn't clean from what I hear on the, the, the royal grapevine. I sure hope not, because we have six hours to fill. Uh, Chris, no spoilers, he's not familiar at all with the royal grapevine, although he could have been this week. Yeah, if only you had uh, remembered your assignments. This is the worst day of my life. <laughs> <laughs> I am so glad. 
I am so glad I didn't mention the Prince Harry shit like when we were off mic before Alex signed on because you would have like looked up a New York Times article and beat me by three minutes. I would have put it in air. I would have put it in AirPod and. <laughs> Literally until the second you said, "All right, let's clap in," I would have had it yeah. playing. You would have been like, "Yeah, uh huh, yeah, whatever, Chris, shut up." <laughs> I had the realization like <laughs> ten minutes into this episode, and the look of horror on my face as I'm like, do I, <laughs> do, I just, do I just put a headphone in and not tell them to listen to it? I watched a, a Japanese game show called Run for the Money because we were trying to find a movie to watch on Netflix, it's and a we good name for this. a show. That's and really I was like. Name. I was like, what the fuck is this? We're pressing play. Uh, so we just watched four hours of this instead of watching a movie. Because uh, that's, as long as it is, just the perfect length. Now, the uh, the premise of this show is that there are a bunch of uh, Japanese celebrities. Uh, now, I obviously can't tell you how famous they are, because I don't know, you know, how famous anybody is in Japan. But there are a couple K-pop dudes. So I assume that they have, like, you know, at least some level of pull with the, the casting here. I assume this is, like somewhat of a moderate to big deal game show wise in japan and the entire premise is they all get oh yeah they're, yes, they're actually question. uh is this pronounced j-pop over there no it, they're korean they have oh. koreans that are running around i'm aware that j-pop is a different thing Thank i'm you, lost Chris. i can't Just watch this <laughs> <laughs> oh that, you know parker he said that four hours was a perfect length that person i think six hours is a really good length. yeah that's uh <laughs> what parker did you hear anybody talking about their own length this week what a turgid <laughs> runtime this is uh and so the whole premise is they're all they're all released in this area and they all have like a little phone that they can use to contact each other and get objectives, and there are also hunters in the area. And if the hunters catch them, then they're out. But anybody that survives the entire time period without getting caught gets, like, the the total prize pool, which is, like, ticking up as it's going. Uh, uh, now, I, I did a rough, uh, a rough currency translation here, and it seems that these guys were playing for, at most, about $50,000. So maybe celebrity works different in Japan. But, uh, um... Uh, it's a really effective game show. I, apparently, this is a thing that they do fairly regularly. Like, I don't know if it's like a once a year thing that, like, they're like, you know, they have a certain class of celebrities that do. But it seemed like there were people that were playing it that were like very meta about it. And it's like they they'd known, they'd seen previous seasons. Like, they had ideas. It's like, oh, I'm gonna hide, uh, or like I'm gonna cooperate with this people, or it, it, like. Well, I mean, like, they introduce, like, traitors to the game, and there are, like, quests that, like, are available to everybody, but, like, if somebody does them, then everybody gets a reward, including There's one quests. where they, uh... Yeah, so they had to, like, go around this area, and there were, like, these groups of quote-unquote androids that were in different areas, uh, and, uh, each one was carrying an English letter, and they had to like get all the letters and then figure out what the english word was and submit it in if they got all the words then like the prize pool went up or something but the groups of androids were just like dudes walking around dressed like daft punk and when i say (laughs) walking around i mean there was one squad of bmx androids that were just like riding around on little bikes doing tricks and they had to like (laughs) they had to like sneak around to find them to like record their letters and then you know that's like the game show part was pretty cool but i'm Sorry, I'm a little I, bit burying the lead here. Yo, go ahead, Chris. Okay, I, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I was kind of I was kind of laughing earlier. We said, "Oh, I've seen the show before. I'm gonna hide," and I was like, eh, "That's their strategy. They've really been scouting some game tape." But then I thought about it. I was like, when I was watching Legends of the Hidden Temple, I was just like, "Man, if I ever got in that situation, I know exactly Correct. what I'd do." 
Of course. Yes. And uh, I'm a, when I say I'm bearing the lead here, I, uh -huh. it's, I'm not describing the area that, you know, they're forced to, uh, to hide in. Now, what would you guys? What are you guys imagining the setting for a, a game show like this would be? The same mansion from Pie Hell. A mansion from Pie Hell. I'll take that. <laughs> I'm thinking just the studio they filmed all the Nickelodeon stuff in. I know it's not right, but it's, it's doing a lot for me. Well, the answer is in fact that they theme this starting in the middle of the night at a theme park. But not just any theme park. Now, let me get to my hero of the week. You might be thinking, what could Japan possibly make a theme park themed after that would make me go, well, what the fuck is this? Yeah, it's Japan, you know, they just do weird shit. Mm -hmm. You might be thinking, like, oh, is it like a Godzilla theme park? Like, do they have a Gundam theme park? No, this theme park is based on everyone's favorite country, the Netherlands. <laughs> it is apparently the largest theme park in Japan. And the entire thing is just styled like a little harbor town in the Netherlands. Oh my god. I went to the website. They have like seven rides, but also like a fully functioning like opera and playhouse in the style of ye olden times. So I guess people just go here and pretend they're from the Netherlands. So it's all of these people, like, hiding in this quaint little Dutch town where they can't walk into any of the buildings because they're all, like, fucking food stalls and shops. Just, like, trying to hide behind trees and shit. It's like a fucking gondola ride. Like, it's... Park, Japan are you trying to go? so cool. <laughs> More I than want... anything. <laughs> I want to go to Netherlands, Japan so fucking badly it's unreal. Okay, we're going to go to Bill Cosby on tour, then we're going to Netherlands, Japan, and then I... uh, Ghost Tour. I'm just now learning about this in this moment, and I would yeah. cut off my hand to be there <laughs> right now. It sounds like the coolest thing. I mean, not like really. It seems like dumb as fuck, but like yeah. in the coolest possible way. And you're watching these people, like, you know, these celebrities try and hide from these hunters who are all dressed in business suits and sunglasses like Agent Smith sprinting through the park after them they walk around like fucking NPCs until they spot somebody and they take off in a dead fucking sprint so naturally like all of like the tiny girls get caught first uh because you know they're like oh my god i ran four steps and i can't get away from them we we find out midway through that the hunters are allowed to swim they're allowed to like so that just like this dude in like a full three-piece suit just jumping in this like two feet of water to like stomp towards a guy in a boat who's going they're not allowed to do that uh it's it's very very good but then daylight comes you know because they started at night they start probably around midnight i guess and with daylight comes the entrance of regular guests to the park. Apparently they just do this on a day that the park is open. What? So, <laughs> so you go to the fucking theme park, you know, to go have a nice time on the carousel or the Ferris wheel or one of the four other rides in this monstrosity of a theme park. And there's just celebrities running for their lives from fucking Agent Smith lookalikes sprinting after them. Now, this part actually does not surprise me, because I've seen shit like this in other Japanese game shows. They just do the shit in public. They don't care. It is the coolest country on Earth. Yeah. It I, sucks. But it's I, also it's, great. It's so fucking good. <laughs> like, the time period they give you, like, uh, for when all this is happening, is like 200 minutes. And it very clearly is taking much, much longer than that. But, you know, they have a running little 24 clock in the, the, the bottom right corner of the screen, so, which also has the money value going up. So you just have, like, like 
their stupid little framing devices are so perfect. There's also like a there's like a guy in a boardroom that does like skits that he's like the evil operator of the game show and they'll occasionally pan the camera to him and he just like gives some cheesy villain dialogue. Like they got to figure it out. They know exactly yeah. what the people want. Uh four one hour episodes very much worth your time. I'm sure you can find older seasons of this if you look for them because I from what I understand this has been around for a while. Yeah. What does Megan Markle say about it? Yeah, unfortunately, we'll my, my dance card is all filled up, boys. <laughs> you have to let me know. Well, uh, allow me to attempt to cheer you up a little bit, Parker, with this next conversation. Because I have also become one with the way of water. Oh, hell yeah, bro. Alright, so, let me get the basic stuff out of the way. Because there are a couple things that I really do want to talk about. Uh, this is better than the first one. This is comfortably better than the first one. It is, uh... Much more visually impressive, as you would expect with another fucking decade to work on this technology. And, like, yeah, it's long, but it's meaty. There's always something fucking going on in this movie. I I can't say there was a point where I was just, like, kicking my feet, waiting 20 minutes for the next plot event to happen, which I felt was the case a lot in the first one. So, I... Yeah, it's too long. Like, I don't like being in any place in my chair for three and a half hours, but they at least don't waste your time with it. And, mercifully, they build in little bathroom breaks for you. Or, as other people would call them, whenever the military guys are on screen. That's, that's when I Because they went. are the most boring fucking characters that I have ever seen in my life. I can't believe they're the villains in this one. And I absolutely cannot fucking believe that they're expecting me to see this stupid fucking jarhead colonel as the antagonist in a third avatar movie absolutely go fuck yourself james i was like kicking my feet having to pee for like 10 minutes and as soon as they got to that part where they take spider to interrogate that other village was like i'm out yep i'm out i sprinted out that door yep i think for me it was the military guy scene before that when they take spider out in the jungle so yeah that was a close one uh also let's be clear uh spider 100 percent race trader uh oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I don't care what horrible things humanity does i'm siding with us against the aliens does not matter literally does not matter i will betray all of you i will take the side of the 10 foot tall aliens i know who's winning this battle i, I mean they might win but like you know you gotta, you gotta stick together you know i mean uh i do live in the south so I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that's fair you know what in your case that is fine <laughs> appreciate that uh really do love have a little white kid with dreads running around though need he's more of that in movies really i was prepared to hate him i was very happy there was a little time skip and he's just like a teenager who just hates his dead alien dad he just wants to I... hang out with his blue <laughs> friends all day <laughs> I I really appreciate that they give all of the kids like definitive characteristics aside from the one that I kept calling Rob Stark that was obviously going to die. Um yeah, that you know. that scene didn't work for me cuz I kept getting the brothers confused. I was like, "Oh damn, one of them has tragically passed on." Well, it's the one that's not friends with the whale. That's how you can tell. They, it's the one that they, doesn't matter to the plot. They look too similar. It's Again, I'm from I'll, the south. I want to talk about the whale for a second. Oh my god! Um, where was that guy? Yeah, I mean, I know, I know, I know. This is like literally like why didn't they just like call the eagles in the first Lord of the Rings movie? But like, 
the whale is wrecking humanity shit for like 10 minutes and then we get to the important parts of the climax where people have to be saved from the bad guys the whale's just gone man yeah the fuck is that dude really hangs him out to dry it's fucked up i there's a note in my phone that i scribbled like the second the movie ended uh which from what i can tell is a bill simmons bit comparing the whale to joel Embiid. uh you know too many milkshakes that guy's never there needed him uh but uh uh neither here nor there um what else what is there to say with this movie uh i had one other thing that i really wanted to hit on uh i know this has been said a lot but uh i think one of the strongest things about this movie other than you know how pretty it looks is how much james cameron just understands people like just humans in general uh much has been made of the Navi with the the fucking tier one operator gear and the giant sunglasses, which fair that is correct. Much has also been made of the flashback where uh, fucking uh, human security weavers Navi character is just like wearing an enormous Stanford sweatshirt that somebody had to make for <laughs> her enormous blue avatar. Uh, but also, yeah, it's exactly what these fucking people would do. Like, everything everything that every character does in this movie, I'm not going to say it's logical, but it's something that I would expect a person to do. Every Like, the way they act in every situation, it's just, it feels so lived in in a way that so, so many, like, artistic properties just don't get. Because, you know, you, you make a movie, you make a show, you make a play, whatever. Your characters have to be larger than life to an extent. But in something like this, where the thing that's larger than life is the way it's filmed, you can just have, like, blue people acting like regular people. Like, it's... And it's cool. Like, I, I don't know why one of the fucking sea navvies has that stupid perm that all the Zoomers have, but also I like it. Like, it's like, oh, they're like us. They're just blue. And then they try to kill their friend. And then the whale saves him. And then we get a bunch of whale lore for, like, 30 minutes. God, the fact that there's backstory for that whale, and that whale was exiled from the other whales, and the whales are their fucking spirit animals, like Yu Yu Hakusho. <laughs> what a good movie! It's, I had a really good time. I, I may not have said that beforehand. Uh, I'm happy I saw this. Now that I know that fucking Stephen Lang's stupid blue guy is gonna be in the next movie, like I take as long as you want making that. Like I really could not, took could not the wind out that. of my sails. Like could not believe that. that was insane so alex you watched the I, whole thing this time right i watched the whole yeah. thing this time I, and i felt i felt very happy to have stayed through it i, I, I think had, it would have been a little bit funnier if you just like pieced out midway through you know i i do want to say though i did i did really feel bad about something you know like this movie <laughs> a lot of the themes of this movie are you know about you know all the bad that humanity does and you know capitalism makes you evil and you just all you care about is your resources and all you care about is your own level of happiness you don't care how it hurt like who it hurts and all that and like yeah sure fine i've seen movies before i know people like have political opinions that they want to express through film fucking nothing in this film hit me nearly as hard as the fact that i went to a 10 30 p.m tuesday night showing of this three and a half hour movie and knowing full well that some 17 year old kid was just dicking around in the back room while i watched the blue aliens beat the fuck out of each other for three and a half hours were you like, the only one in the theater 
Uh, no, we actually had a pretty good crowd considering oh, the time. Man. It would have been uh, so much funnier like... if you were just by yourself in some seventeen-year-old. I was expecting that was going to be the case. That would have been but, fucking uh, hilarious. No, there were like fifteen other people there. Yeah. It was like like people love Avatar. Yeah, every camera's onto something. If it's a three D showing, there's going to be a solid turnout. Yeah. Like all the two D screenings, you, you'll be the only one there. But yeah. people show up for the three D showings. Yeah, it's I, an event. I get it, it is. I'm sorry for doubting. Wait, who am I kidding? I never doubted him. I've been saying since day one this mm. thing's going to make a. Thank you. Easy. Yeah, look, everyone fucking has been doing this. I, I think Alex, you you said a lot of people had their reviews like pre written for this movie. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I, I hate it when people do that, but you, you do see that with a lot of people. And, and like, it's it's frustrating. I, mm-hmm. Go ahead. I hadn't even seen the first one until a month ago. The man just doesn't miss. Like, you can't argue against success. Like, the man always produces bangers. He produces crowd-pleasing bangers. He's about to re-release Titanic. That's about to just make another couple hundred million. Like, the man knows what he's doing. Oh, Avatar 2. Get fucked. I'll be there for Avatar 3 if it looks was, half as good as this. I have to say, that is the prevailing criticism of the movie. Oh, Avatar 2. <laughs> that's just, yeah, that's just you're right. That's just he made a thing it. that people all over the world love and want to see multiple times. You and I'm, I'm, I'm going to be real. Like, You didn't need to see Avatar 1 to see this. No. Uh, but, oh, good. I mean, I I'm sure there's like little nuggets. Like, like, it explains why there's a human kid living with the blue people. But, uh, like, you know. I, I missed that part, and I didn't miss anything. Yeah. It's wild that the first ten minutes is like, yeah, these were all the sequels I was going to do, and I decided to go further ahead, so here's just what these movies would have been. And he just gives it to you in dialogue. Like, man, he's truly goaded. We love it's to great. see it. It's, the time jump is an asset, not a hindrance. Oh, yeah. uh, I, Chris, like, I'm sure you realize at this point, like, you, you're on a movie podcast. You're going to have to see this. Whether you want to or not. Like, y- you have to at some point. I'll watch you, it on the plane really right over to Denver. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Oh, I, I mean, that's fine watch. with me. You're I not going to like it. That's great plane material for you. <laughs> do they have Netflix um, on the things? I don't think they do. No, but you can you can download uh, shit to a laptop and watch Netflix offline. I like the idea of Parker watching the Megan uh, that Well, I mean, he can, you know. Yeah, he can. You know, I have that uh, opportunity ahead of yeah. me. Yeah. Parker, wait, the place we're staying is like a big projector screen, like a big like fold out, you know, L couch. Oh uh, you can just put that on yeah, there and make like everybody he, watch but, with you. But I'm gonna make y'all watch it like TV. all twenty two footage. <laughs> 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 I'll make sure to bring the cat's laser pointer for you so you can oh, point things out to us. I appreciate that. Um, make sure it gets yeah, there. no, uh, Avatar worth your time, even though it's asking for too much of it. Uh. There's going to be a movie in, like, three years with Fire Navi that I will see then and be mad that I have to watch the Stephen Lang character more. But the rest is good, so it's fine. Yeah, you know, I, I know you said this last week, Parker, but the fact that this is basically a movie about the fucking kids and I don't hate any of the kids, that's it's a minor miracle in and of itself. Yeah, because it's... The time jump, you're like, oh, yeah, you know, Scott and my bearings here. I have four children here, and you're like, okay. And there's a fifth one that's just some kid with dreadlocks. Like, we'll see, movie. He got me for three more hours. And uh, not a hindrance even a little bit. The man truly does not miss. It, Except for those times true. we did. Yeah, I, we don't talk about those. It's fine. No. Um, two more to talk about here. Uh, once I burp. 
Uh, so, Chris, you remember we watched a movie a few years ago called Searching. I don't know if Parker saw this or not. I don't I think did. we did an episode on it. Yeah, yeah you did I did see like it. This one. Yeah. Uh, what did you think of it, Parker? I don't remember. I enjoyed it a lot, and I enjoyed uh, what you teased me was the Justin Bieber reveal. I enjoyed that scene a lot. Yeah. <laughs> now, uh, Alex, I, I know what you're getting at with this one. I saw the trailer for this, and it looked pretty interesting. Um, yeah, so it's the same guys, and it's the same concept. It's a movie called Missing that just came out. Uh, it's the same concept in that it is filmed all through like computerized devices, you know. It's a lot of looking at a computer screen, a lot of looking at your characters, not, you know, not in, like, quote-unquote real space, but, like, through a webcam. Um, and this one's about a girl whose mom goes with her boyfriend on a, on a trip to Columbia and doesn't come back on the flight home. And she's trying to figure out what happened to her mom because, like, nobody really knows what's going on. Nobody knows how to help her. Uh, details come out about it. Um very very similar to the first one in the way that it's presented and that's both an asset and a hindrance um it's an asset because these guys are really good at telling a story this way um it's very interesting to follow along with what's happening uh this is gonna sound so fucking dumb considering like what i just explained about how the movie is but like one of the most important things about this movie is the field of view uh the fact that it's so narrow and so limited to these devices and you're seeing you know, the post-it notes that this girl has on her desktop and, like, all of her apps and stuff. Like, because it's so narrow, you can't help but think about, you know, if I were this person looking at this device, like, which of these would I use? And how would I use them? Because, you know, I would say that while we may not be the most technologically savvy people, like, we, we kind of know what's going on. We, we, we at least would look at this movie in a way that our parents wouldn't, where we can see some of the apps that might be available to her and go, like, oh, she should try that. And, like, everything that's presented to you in that way is something that eventually gets utilized in the movie. So, like, it, it feels very rewarding, for lack of a better way to say it, in that sense. Uh, I think this is one of my first thoughts when walking out of the theater on this. Not to completely segue away from the movie, but uh, thinking about this and searching, like, I'm really excited to rewatch these movies in, like, 10 to 15 years. And be like, oh yeah, remember that app that we used to use? Remember this thing that like has been has gone by the wayside for like seven years? They're like these fascinating little technological time capsules, and like they're so anthropologically cool, even beyond their existence of movies, for like that reason. And that and saying that out loud makes me feel like a fucking nerd, but I don't care because that it's cool that that exists. Like that's not something that I was expecting us to get from movies. You know, I I would expect that to be. You know, like, oh, yeah, remember Coffee Meets Bagel? Like, that sounds like something on a VH1 show in 20 years, you know what I mean? That's like, how Josh met his girlfriend. I, I've, I've heard that one's pretty effective for people that are serious about dating. But, he is, uh, I he is uh, dead set, I gotta try it out. I'm like, I don't like coffee. Though. I, it's, I, I, know, I think I'm that sure. one's just, yeah. like, specifically non-hookup focused. Yeah. Like, in a way that, like, it, it kind of self-selects. But yeah, I digress. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh, so this movie, I think searching was better. Like, I'll just come out and say that, mm -hmm. but I, I think it's pretty close because this movie ha having a kid, basically she's an 18 year old girl as your protagonist makes this a lot more interesting in a lot of different ways than the first one. Whereas in the first movie, 
you know, like, none of us have children. We can't really relate to this father figure character. But I think we can relate to, like, his relationship with technology. Because he seems to be a guy that, like, he's not super versed in technology, but, you know, he's on the margins. He kind of knows what's up. Whereas this, this girl's fingers are, like, flying through everything. And it's such a different relationship with the main character that despite the fact that this is, like, kind of the same gimmick, it doesn't feel that way. Like, a big part of the movie is... So, like, while her mom's away, she's an 18-year-old girl. She spends all the emergency money, like, having a bunch of parties with her friends. Like, the day that she, like, when she wakes up to go pick them up from the airport, like, five minutes into the movie, her place is still trash from the night before because they were partying. So she hires somebody on TaskRabbit to come over and, like, clean the place while she's at the airport getting her mom and her boyfriend. And so once she finds out her mom is missing, one of the first things she does, because she needs to get, like, this surveillance footage from the hotel in Columbia in order to figure out what's going on, and she can't physically go there herself, is she tries to figure out what the Colombian version of TaskRabbit is to hire somebody to do it for her. It's like, oh, that's clever. That's, like, we've seen this, like, thing, even if you don't know what TaskRabbit is, like, you now know that not only does it exist, but also it probably exists in other places, and... It does a good job of framing all of the narrative development in that way. Um, there are some things about this that don't work. There are some things about this that I'm not sure if they work or not. Like, one of the scenes, uh, they're trying to, like, track her route from, like, their house to the airport when she was going away. Uh, I'm not going to say why, because this movie, while it's not, like, spoilable necessarily, like, it's more fun to explore it as you go. But, like, it's trying to show, like, it's going into, like, the Google Maps route, right? So, like, it, like, kind of, like, zooms in on the Google Maps, and there's, like, a really sped-up drone shot running along the highway, like, all the way to the airport. And it's, like, a cool visual way to do that, but, like, I'm not sure if it works within the way that the movie is shot, you know? Because the whole movie's supposed to be about, like, you know, this interface with devices, and it kind of takes you out of that for a second. But also, like, neat idea. Glad they did it. Glad they went for it. Why they went for a lot of things in this movie. I can't say for sure if they make a third movie like this that I'm going to want to see that, but a second one was worthwhile. This is this is worth your time. I I very much enjoyed this. So Yeah, I was I looking like forward an, to watching it, but it's only in theaters right now. I barely it's like got an hour to theaters 40, for a plane, yeah. so. Hopefully it hits I, streaming soon cuz I'm very interested in it. I'm sure it probably will in a month or so. Uh it seems like it's actually doing okay in the theater run, which is surprising considering some of the fucking juggernauts that are in theaters right now. Right. But I think, like, theaters might just be back. I, I hope I that they are. You know, I had a conversation with uh, Josh, but I don't know if you guys saw his hit tweet, but uh, the theater that he and I worked at in Rockville, it closed down because Regal, the parent company, uh, I think they filed for bankruptcy, so they were shutting down a bunch of theaters. And I told him, like, man, the theater sucked. You know, it wasn't it wasn't a yeah. good place to go. And, uh you know, his, I guess his parents used to go there. They were debating, you know, why it closed down. Apparently the parking there is just, like, gone. So, you know, mm-hmm. you were working on it together anyway. And I was I was thinking, uh, you know, theaters, I don't think are dying down. I mean, Avatar's big. Puss in Boots, too, is doing really good numbers. That, that movie's out on streaming, but people are still filing up to see it in theaters, largely because of word of mouth. And uh, I'm kind of hoping that, like, Elmo Supremacy takes over. I can't guarantee it, but... Uh, Anyone who's saying this, like the the Regal's closed because no one's going to theaters anymore, I don't think that's the case. I, I think that's no, it's, uh, just it's wrong. it's Regal that sucks. Oh yes, AMC and Cinemark are doing fine because yeah. they're invested in their fucking products. 
Uh, but yeah, um, go to the theater as much as you can. Mm-hmm. Like the the movies that are coming out are worth your time. There are movies that are in theaters right now that I want to see that I'm not gonna get a chance to see, and that sucks. Like I think I miss seeing Devotion in theaters, and that bums me out because I really want to watch that movie on a big screen. Me too. But there might. I was literally around the corner five minutes away from seeing it and ended up having a fight with my wife and had to drive home. So <laughs> I was not happy. But maybe I'll find an old person showing this week. Who knows? Um, one more thing to talk about, and this is going to go shorter than the other ones. Don't worry. Uh, I watched a documentary from 2011 that was very critically acclaimed at the time that I had never seen called Jiro Dreams of Sushi. Mm-hmm. Uh now, this is a movie, I don't know if you guys are familiar with it at all, but uh, it's a uh, it's a story about a guy who has this little sushi restaurant in a train station in Japan that, by basically all accounts, is the best sushi restaurant in the world. Uh, he's got three Michelin stars, uh, his little restaurant only seats ten people at a time, and the reservation list to get in there is like multiple months long at this point like he is an expert in his craft and it's not not like in a pretentious way you know this isn't something that's going to remind you of the menu at all uh this is uh this is a guy who does very very simple dishes to the absolute best of his ability and creates a whole experience around the meal and this is a movie that explores like why he's so obsessive about this one thing, like how hard he works, how he goes to the fish market, or how he used to, because now he's older and has to have somebody do it for him. So you learn about the fishmongers and like how they determine which fish is the best. And then fish gets back to the restaurant and they're like, we don't have a menu. We only serve the best of what's available to us today. You know, if they have like a really bad batch of, I don't know, like halibut or something like at the market, then they wouldn't serve that because this guy cares about only serving the absolute best food. And it's a story about him and his restaurant and why it's so special and so different, but it's also a story about him and his sons who are also sushi chefs, one of whom is like the chief apprentice at his restaurant. And in a lot of ways, it's also a story about perfection and how perfection affects our loved ones and the things that we can learn from people that are experts in the thing that they do. And it's a very simple movie in that it's just about this guy and his restaurant and how it works and the people that his restaurant touches. And it's so refreshing to watch a movie that's just about one little thing like that. There's no overarching point here. There are things, there are conclusions you can draw about society and family life and work and, you know, work culture in general. There are all sorts of conclusions that this movie may push you to based on whatever it is that you believe in or don't believe in or what have you. And in a lot of ways, your viewing experience with this movie is going to reflect you and who you are as a person. But I really love that this is just a movie that presents itself as a movie. And it it's not, I don't know what the director thinks. I don't care what the director thinks. It doesn't matter. It's just like, here's this guy. He makes really good sushi. Like, do with that what you will. 
and it's like a really really powerful narrative device this is a movie that like we turned off and like my wife and i talked about the relationship between him and his son for like 20 minutes because she saw it a completely different way than i saw it and it's so cool that the movie lets you have that conversation rather than trying to hold your hand to hey, he's a shitty father because his son doesn't have, you know, enough space to really grow into his own person. Or, hey, the way that he did things is vindicated by the results of this movie and the conclusion of this movie. It's, I love that about this. This is very, very, very much worth watching if you like documentaries. If you're the kind of person that thinks you're going to be bored listening to people talk about fish for an hour and a half, that's fair. It's totally understandable. This sounds uh, like something I would love. You, I, I, I can't believe you here. haven't seen this. I actually can't believe you haven't seen this because I remember this was on when this came out. This was on like all sorts of like year end lists of like best documentary and and I know that you follow all that stuff and have for a while. Mm-hmm. So I'm like a little bit surprised when I saw that you hadn't logged this. But uh, no, this is in your future. I I truthfully I assumed that you would have seen this. Uh, you definitely would love it, but I think almost anybody would love it. If you have the attention span to listen to our dumb fucking show with our rambling, you have the attention span for this movie. Mm-hmm. And I think it's worth your time because it's it's going to tell you a story about something that I guarantee you don't know a goddamn thing about, and you're going to learn things, and you're going to have opinions, and that's awesome. And sometimes that's what you need a movie to be. And we don't have enough of those movies anymore. And I don't know. This made, this movie made me really happy. So. Hey, one of the top reviews on Letterboxd, uh, the final line says, we need more Jiro and less Snooki. That sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, Chris, you saw my review on this. I, I loved uh-huh. your review on Letterboxd. If I could read it out loud. The, the first thing I did when this ended was open Letterboxd and count how many popular reviews until someone called Jiro a sexist for giving women slightly smaller portions. And I was not disappointed to see that some of you are, in fact, that fucking dumb. So the reason that that comes up in this movie is because his whole thing is like dinner is like it's like a concert, right? There should be like rises and falls and stuff. And so when he's making his sushi in front of you in the restaurant with the 10, the other nine people that are there, he's trying to make it. So everyone's experiencing the meal at the same time. he's like, well, women eat slower. So I give them slightly smaller portions. And then you see people on letterbox that are just like, well, you know, if I was paying $300 for this sushi course, you know, I would want to make sure I got as much food as possible. Like one, we know you're American fucking tubby you don't have to tell us and two like you completely fucking missed the point of that scene nobody's going in there like oh i only got 92 percent of the rice of the male next to me because the whole fucking thing is not about that he's not trying to shortchange anybody it's about the presentation it's it's the reason this is the most coveted sushi meal on the fucking planet you fucking idiot did you watch the movie uh no but I digress. Um, worth your time. Everybody, absolutely worth your time. Uh, very, very interesting, very personal story. There are very few things in this movie that don't need to be there. There's one character, like one of his apprentice chefs, because uh, he takes on apprentices, but you need to apprentice for like 10 years, I think. I don't know if it's to start earning an income or just to like have a certain title or what have you, but apparently the apprenticeship process for sushi making is very, very difficult. And there's one scene with one of his apprentices 
It's the only time we ever hear this guy talk in the movie. He's not like a character. But it's just him talking for like five minutes about the quote-unquote egg sushi that they make. And how you have to been, have been working there for years and years to make the egg sushi. And how when he started finally trying to learn it after learning all these other things, you know, like hundreds and hundreds of attempts before like Jiro was like, yeah, that was good. You did it right. And how that was like one of the happiest moments of his life was learning that he finally knew how to perfect this egg sushi. And like, that's all that guy is in the movie for. Like you see him in the background in other scenes, but like you have this person who's just like, yeah, I'm just around this guy. I want to know everything he knows. And like being able to please him is just like so satisfying for me. And like, it feels like this culmination of all this work that I've done. And like, you don't have that character in other documentaries like that. Like it's, it's just, it's, it's, it's really worth your time. It's really fascinating. Just the, the minutia of this character that you get just from hearing the people around him talk about him. It's, it's very, very good. Chris, I expect to hear about this pretty soon from you. Cause I, I'm sure it's in your near future. Ideally. I, I fucking love sushi and I fucking love documentaries. I don't know how this escaped me. I don't know how you haven't seen that. I know I keep saying that, but yeah. I just I just assumed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but that is the last thing I have to talk about. If you guys don't have anything to add, so. No, it's been on my radar since it came out. Like even all the weirdo genre podcasts I listened to at that point were like, "No, seriously, you should watch this." And then, I never uh, even I heard of this. I why is everyone no, I've known about good this for, for, me. for a while? Oh, I also assumed that's something you would have seen. Yeah. Sushi is actually my favorite food now that I think about it. It's either sushi or chili. They're very different, but like, it's one of those. I, I keep coming back to Well, Dude. you can only put one of them on spaghetti. My dad gave me a spaghetti. <laughs> thing. Anyway. Uh, Parker, what'd you watch? Well, we already talked about bodies, 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 of course. Uh, this will be very brief. I really enjoyed Pearl. Alex, you'll hate it. Oh. Uh, I, yeah, <laughs> that's what I figured. <laughs> yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Uh, all memes aside, she gave a very good performance. But uh, yeah, you'll fucking hate that movie. And uh, did you like it more? Than, about it. Did you like it more than X? Yes. Okay. I think that I think the general consensus it was better than X. Yeah, X is more of like a. I mean, Alex will like X more because it's more of a dumb fucking slasher. Pearl yeah. tries to be more of like an actual movie. But still has like you know people getting murdered. But X is more of like a grimy slasher. Pearl's more. I don't want to say psychological because it's not that. More just a character study. Right. Yeah. But, uh, I think that's what yeah. it's supposed to be. I enjoyed both. I enjoyed Pearl more. Alex, if you're gonna watch any of these, watch X. But also, you don't have to watch any because it's never correct. Gonna be and an I'm not going to. She's yeah. just not gonna do that. Yeah. <laughs> that's fine. Nor should you. It's fine. Life is short. I say as I stare my six hours ahead of me. <laughs> You'll get those back eventually, right? Incorrect. <laughs> uh, what I want to talk about is a movie that you talked about a while ago that I've been wanting to watch, and I finally got to, which is We're All Going to the World's Fair. Oh. The existential dread that filled me during this movie <laughs> as I just sat there in a warm puddle of the loneliest nights of my life, just sitting, refreshing the same three forums over and over and over again until the fucking sun came up waiting for a new topic to read my god it sent me down a it sent me down a path oh god dude i'm, I'm sorry but i tried to warn you oh no i mean it's 
it's Ooh, perfect. Like that. it's, I mean, it's supposed to be a atmospheric, moody horror movie. There's nothing scarier than just remembering being in my early twenties and just being, and just like refresh, tab the other one, refresh, tab the other one, refresh. All right, no new posts any of these yet. I guess I'll just sit here for ten minutes because it's four thirty in the morning. What am I gonna do? Go hang out with my friends? Like everyone's signed off Xbox already. I'll just wait a couple minutes and hopefully something pops off in the next little bit before I get tired. Uh, took me back to the nights of watching scary shit, reading scary things, and then being so fucking scared that I would literally like run to the bathroom because there was a giant mirror and was too fucking scared to look in it. Like. It really, really took me back in a way that I was not expecting, nor was I quite prepared to deal with. But man, I definitely get what you mean when you say, like, anyone under our age, like, it's a coin flip as to whether or not they'll get bored halfway through. But the terminally online, the, the late 20s, early 30s, the scariest fucking thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. It is. It's not even a scary movie. It's just the memories it conjures. The low points that it just brings back to light, like, yeah, you remember that? You remember that, buddy? I, like, yeah, yeah, I do. I try not you, to. I'm not somebody that gets upset by movies often. Her destroying that fucking bear upset me more than like anything I've seen in five years. I was beyond shook at when she snaps out of it and realizes that she just destroyed that thing she's had since childhood. I was like, man. About a dollar for all the things I wish I could get back that I'd fucking trash in some tirade because I was unhappy with my life. Oh, boy. Yeah, that is... It's like a simple movie. It's very cheap. It's like, what, two, maybe three people on screen at any point? It's... Does it technically qualify as found footage, honestly? Like, it's mostly through her camera. I... You know, you could make that argument. I feel like the ending makes it not, but... Boy, that ending. I spent the whole movie being like, maybe he's not a creep. And then you get to the ending, he's like, oh, dude's definitely a pedophile. 100%. Man, There's no doubt in my mind now. <laughs> That's funny, because I don't agree. Oh, yeah? I thought the ending was completely sincere. See, I want to believe I, I it, don't, but I also... Don't, yeah. The fact that it's up in the air is... Oh, it's perfect, ...something that's yeah. really effective. I, I know, I know. That's like why... Because like, we all know that guy. Yeah. Literally, literally, <laughs> yeah. A lot of them just got banned a week ago. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I was flip floppy the whole time, but the way he's like tearing up talking about like, yeah, and then I met her and she apologized. I was like, oh, she fucking didn't. There's no I, way this woman. But also, like, yeah, I could, I could see it. Well, when I say I've seen he enough, was sincere, I've seen enough meetups from our fucking old stomping grounds. I like, yeah, I could see that. I so when I say I thought it was sincere, I actually thought that it was like either this is real or he made this up, not some secret, disgusting third thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because like make this up is also very plausible, but also if he made it up, then he's not a weirdo. He's just a sad, lonely old guy. Oh. Okay, yeah, I guess I was leaning more towards made it up, but maybe for I, more uh, creepier <laughs> reasons. But yeah, he definitely made all that shit up and. I mean, just that last shot of him, just like, you can hear the Skype call dialing and then it hanging up and then the dialing uh-huh. hanging up and he just like holds his hand on the screen. I was like, I need to go. I don't smoke, but I'm about to start. I need to take a walk around this complex here because, boy, have, haven't we all been there in our early 20s? Maybe not so much middle age, but man, this really dredged up some 
unpleasant memories. I told you it would. <laughs> and it's weird because, like, the movie itself isn't that... Like, it's not graphic. It's not gross. It's not, like, fucked up. It's, But just the things it... It makes you remember about your own termly online past through no fault of its own. <laughs> like, yeah, she gets too deep into creepypasta and creepy things start happening. And she gets a little unhinged, as your lovely wife would say. But, like, <laughs> just the way the movie is constructed and how it's conveyed to you just makes you think of all of those nights. Just eyes bloodshot, chugging Mountain Dews, reading Snopes, and then psyching myself out. <laughs> I fucking love this movie. I loved it a lot. I'm glad that you did. I, I it, that experience could go either way for somebody. You know, like I could very much see a world in which you saw this. It was like, nah, fuck that. I don't want to think about that again. I am almost certain my lovely partner over there checked out about halfway through because she was not terminally online. And you know what? That's fine. Good for her. Good yeah. for her. Because <laughs> Jesus Christ, I wouldn't wish that on anybody. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, that is a movie. I mean, if you listen to this, because, my God, the people listen to this, you'll probably be affected by it. No normies listening to this, so no normies going to stumble across it on HBO or whatever. What a normie will stumble upon. The final thing I want to talk about. And the reason uh, there was a bit of a delay on me signing on is because uh, we had to get caught up on MILF Manor. <laughs> 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 Ladies and germs. <laughs> Um, let me just reiterate my prior point that everyone involved in this production crew should be in prison. <laughs> this show is an absolute fucking nightmare. I, I described what you mentioned last time, by the way, to even more normies, which means the 60-year-old women on my trivia team, oh my they are not pleased. They, did not, they didn't believe that it existed. They were like, oh, Chris oh. is telling another one of his dirty jokes that we don't get. I was like, no, 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 look it up. And they did. And they were, the more I said, the the less they believed. And I was like, trust me on this one. Watch it, it please. Is. Yeah. So we did not watch the full episode because I didn't want to start this at two in the morning. Mm-hmm. But we got through the challenge, which is really, it's the meat of it. And the challenge is all of the moms and all of the MILFs, MILFs. write down a secret. Some secret. Of course, it's always a dark sexual thing from their past. And they all post them all on a board. And the fun game is they go person to person. They go to each mother-son couple and go, all right, which one do you think is about your son? Which one do you think is about your mom? Fellas. (laughs) Some of these. (laughs) The montage of people walking up and going, I had sex in an elevator after watching a movie. That sounds like it could be my mom. (laughs) <laughs> One of the most cursed things I've ever seen. Um, but when we get to the actual the actual revelations, I just want to say you could shove bamboo under my fingernails. You could give me the full John McCain treatment. He could pull out my fucking tongue. I would never ask my mother any of these questions in this or any lifetime. <laughs> Watching them all just like joke around about it is the most uncomfortable I've ever been. And I've seen several movies from the list that I will not speak of in public. Uh, Like, I swear to God, if I'm sitting there and my mom is telling a group of people and television cameras about getting piped down in an elevator, I'm immediately killing myself. I do not care. I don't care what I leave behind in this world. It is... 
Let me just get to the worst part. Let me get to the grand finale. Please do. I, I'm very curious. Oh. <coughs> Excuse me. Still fighting this off here. I guess. And then my my father William <laughs> and my brother Charles they called me. Um, this one lovely mother. She guesses correctly. She looks her son in the eyes and says, "I think the one you wrote is that you got pink eye from eating ass." <laughs> and she's right. And we're all laughing. We're having a great time. Isn't that fun? This boy I birthed from my loins ate someone's butthole and got pink eye. Hey, mama, which one's yours? Oh, mine was I banged my son's best friend. And he does not find this funny. The look of sadness and horror that immediately paints this poor boy's face. He is trying to play it cool, but he looks like he wants to start crying. Uh, we find out in the confessional, like they do confessionals, but this is a special one where he's just like talking into a video camera, like the Joker doing a hostage video about how it was his best friend since elementary school. And he is incredibly upset. But don't worry, uh, they get the they get to win a date with a mom of their choosing. So hey, it's good to be a winner on this show continues to be the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. Just a wretched show. Everyone involved should be in prison, should be detained. One of the moms, uh, the aforementioned mom from last week who tried to get piped down with her son in the next bed the first night there, she just keeps walking up to moms and being like, yeah, I think I'm going to take your son on a date. He doesn't know it yet. And the mom just stares at him like, <laughs> what? What's your fucking deal? It is... One of the most uncomfortable things I've ever seen. I am locked in for the whole season. I hope to God it gets canceled. <coughs> Get a little God, I'm messages here. It is the level of discomfort because it's like a solid 10, 15 minutes of, ah, I think my mom, uh, oh, I think my son had an orgy with seven women. No, that wasn't me, mom. Ha ha ha. Oh, you guys are crazy. In no world would you ever find me in this situation. These people are all psychos. They should all feel terrible. I can't imagine... I can't imagine watching the show with my mom, much less having this conversation. These people should all be euthanized. I'm sorry. It's fucking disgusting. I'll be there next week for episode three. 100%, yeah. I'm happy to get caught up. I can't wait. This is one of the most cursed things I've ever seen, like... That's such a stupid, terminally online thing to say, but truly, like, the discomfort watching this whole thing unfold is... I feel like I'm watching something special, but not in the good way. Like, you want... Not in the good way, like Olympus Has Fallen from right, 2013, yeah. but also maybe 2007, something? I was gonna say, 2013? That can't be right. <laughs> no, 2013 is somehow correct. Oh, shut, shut up. That's not... You're making shit up. It's like those things where it's like, did you know that uh, World War II is actually closer to... It's like that, but it's from 2013 and Aaron Eckhart is like the second lead. You're like, that's incorrect. Oh, Come on, guys. I, yeah. I heard a good one of those the other day. <laughs> oh, yeah? What was it? Uh, so you guys know the, the president, Zachary Taylor? You know, the one that died in office in the yeah. 1840s? Yeah, yeah. You know he has living grandchildren? Uh, I think I I think I knew that, but I thought it was John Tyler. Did his grandchildren? It might be Tyler. Yeah, it might be Tyler. Yeah, John Tyler. Yeah. That that's like an old one. 
Uh, the, I don't know if that's still true. I don't know if that's true anymore. I haven't bothered. Let's find out if if the vid got him. Hopefully, Mike Banning was there to save him. Yeah. (laughs) Let's talk about the movie instead of John Tyler. (laughs) Uh, John Tyler grandson dies. First result. Oh. Uh, Scoreboard. (laughs) Died of getting fucked in the ass. Uh, okay. March first, twenty twenty one. Damn, see, got him. That's how they get you. Okay. <laughs> so the movie begins, and uh, we see Gerard Butler here, but there's just something that's missing, and I know what it is. He doesn't have his beard. Seeing Gerard Butler without a beard is like, remember Parker in Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. Pete Davidson, you don't really see his tattoos. You're like, hmm, something's wrong. Or like in Cats, where Idris Elba has his crotch like smoothed out, there is a necessary component that is missing. How from this is man. that your one and two examples? That makes sense to me. Actually. Yeah, yeah. No, I I, I see what you're saying. I get the picture you're painting, but okay, tell you Parker for you. You, you ever no. see like a picture of Mario without his mustache? That could have been a lot meaner, so yeah. I appreciate that. You should have played the sound effect. <laughs> oh, sorry, I thought I was talking to Adrian. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I so yes, this also stuck with me, but also I just assumed like the Secret Service is like the Yankees, where you're not allowed to have facial hair. <laughs> that could be, yeah, yeah. And no video games in the clubhouse. <laughs> no chicken, no beer, <laughs> <laughs> no TikTok. <laughs> oh, no, rules. Fortnite. So, uh, yeah, he is a Secret Service agent. I guess he's the head of Secret Service or something like that. And he has to guard uh, President Aaron Eckhart. Who, uh, wait, it's not the... Is it Aaron Eckhart at the beginning of the movie? Or is it some other guy? Yes. It's still Aaron Eckhart. It's yeah, still Aaron they're Eckhart. They're friends. Okay, yeah. They've been friends for a long time. We can tell because of their They're banter. punching each other in the face. And, uh, I yeah. mean, with boxing gloves. So it's okay. And Aaron Eckhart says, hey, you're not supposed to hit the president. And you can hear, like, this mournful trumpet in the background. Like, all right, come on. Get used to that trumpet. You can, like, you can practically see, like, the, the tear stain going down the trumpeter's, like, cheek as he plays. Anyway, uh, they're on the move with his uh, wife and his son, who the son is, like, really interested in uh, White House security. And when I say really interested, that's the way that... Uh, Agent Mike Banning would describe him. You ever you ever come across like a, like a dad will say, "Yeah, my kid is really into like World War II history," and it's just like he listens to me talk about. It and goes, "Yeah," every once in a while. Just that's what he's doing. It's like, okay, so like how many steps between the White House elevator and like uh, oh. the turret? <laughs> well, unfortunately, Chris, some of us were the kid that was actually really interested in World War II history, yeah. so I can't relate. I you know it was a bad example. All right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> My kid's really into Halo lore, as it turns out. <laughs> hey, he's three, but he loves the stuff. I have, like, a vivid memory of seven-year-old me talking to my dad about Pokemon in a Nihop. That is just, like, one of the things that is going to haunt So it's like a reverse one. Your dad just going, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, son, pop quiz. What's the difference between a frag grenade and a plasma grenade? Plasma one sticks to you, the frag one doesn't. See? He loves it. It's going to Juilliard. Okay. And this is where the rocket launcher spawned. Yeah. <laughs> Many Indians were killed at the spot. Oh, Native Americans. Anyway, uh, watch and pray next week. So, the car goes uh, haywire in the snow and it falls off and the wife dies. 
so this this scene is good for several reasons. One, Chris, yeah. as a fellow resident of the great state of Maryland, do we have any bridges that are this tall? Uh, it's, I don't think anyone's that you've been. Uh, I, I think through, I think yeah. it's probably like the bridge near you, next to the White's only ferry. Yeah, that's, that's like probably that's, one of the tallest ones in the that's, state. That's actually one of the ones I was thinking of, but I guess uh, I, I guess one of the ones that's uh, going on twenty eight or or four ninety five or something like that. I don't Isn't the White's only ferry mile high enough? <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm still sick. <laughs> Keeping that okay. So no, yeah, please don't. <laughs> the silence is deafening. Please yeah. don't. <laughs> I, I mean, I was silent because I didn't hear you. But yeah, <laughs> uh, lucky. Anyway, so uh, <laughs> she dies, and uh, eighteen and, months. And, pass, well, but. it's not that just that she dies. It's mm-hmm. that Agent Mike Banning can only save the president, right? And then lets his wife fall off the cliff. You know. That, that's how it works, you know, when you're in the savior industry. Like, sometimes you only save one person, and then you're blamed for it. Much like every dad in the world, you know? Yes. Yeah, like, you get nothing but blame. Uh, there's no credit. No credit waiting for you for saving something, saving a life, you know? Yeah. The you know, initially reads as super unnecessary, then you remember it's a dad movie. It's like, of course, yeah. this man unfairly maligned for making the difficult choice. Just saving a, the world's greatest president. Yeah, you see... I was going to say this about this movie, but I guess it applies to every single movie that Gerard Butler's ever made, besides movie 43. Whenever a dad watches this movie, they just nod and go, yep, that's what I would have done. Yep. My knee was working. So, yeah, 18 oh months passed. I, I, want, <laughs> I want Chris to watch the drone attack and Angel has fallen so badly now. <laughs> well, I'll get to it. Anyway. Uh, yeah, weeks, you will. Uh, I guess. In two weeks. Ugh. Anyway, uh... Agent Mike Banning is uh, now just Treasury Agent Mike Banning. Which... <laughs> this is like literally a promotion, by the way. No, I know that. And the thing is, like, that's one of the things that I guess a lot of people don't know is, like, the Treasury actually does have agents. I think he can still carry, right? So yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah 100%. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So uh, They're the ones that have to deal with counterfeiters. Yeah, like, I know. They, yeah. they need weapons. Yeah. So, and he, he actually, at one point, he gives his badge to, like, the kid, and you can, like, tell that it's a treasury agency, and I was like, oh, that's pretty nice attention to detail. If only they'd use that elsewhere. <laughs> uh, but he doesn't want to be in the Secret Service anymore. I guess it's implied that he's kind of sad about, you know, death, I, death by wife or whatever. I thought that Aaron Eckhart got mad at him and transferred him out of the Secret Service for letting his wife die. You know, it's probably, like, a little that- bit about, you know. I, like, I, I thought that was the point of, of this, rocks. but also, you know, we're yeah. in the dad movie vortex, and yeah. that's what would happen in a dad movie, yeah. I just assume. Yeah, you know, there's probably, like, a cut scene that would have made this, like, two hours, 15 minutes, where uh, Aaron Eckhart and him, before this whole shit goes down, they have, like, a little meeting, and it's like, you know I never wanted to do that, I never blamed you for it, and they just kind of go back and forth there. But they don't do that, because this movie uh, mercifully cut that scene. So... This this whole moment between uh, wife's death and people attacking the White House is, to me, the worst part of the movie. I was really bored by this whole thing. He's talking to uh, uh, the new head of the uh, Secret Service and was just kind of, like, bored by it all. Anyway, the Koreans are coming to visit. They're going to talk about some shit. Who cares? Uh, there was one shot that I really liked. Uh, it might have been a mistake in editing. I don't know. So, like, the little kid is upstairs in his room, probably playing some video games or something, I don't remember, and President Aaron Eckhart comes up to him and says, uh, hey, sport, you want to get some ice cream? 
And the kid says, oh boy, do I? Chocolate chip or Rocky Road? I think I could kill some Rocky Road. And Dad says, whatever you want, son. And right before they can get their ice cream, uh, some guy comes in and says, Mr. President, it's happening now. And he has to get up and leave all business. Like, right before he gets up to leave, there's a quick, short zoom on the kid's face looking kind of sad at the ground. I was thinking, oh my god, the kid is the bad guy. This is like all his revenge tale about his dad never spends enough time with me. I never get to have ice cream because he's always solving world problems. How's this for a world problem? But it turns out some other guy. stupid kid doesn't know I love him more than anything. But um, (laughs) father has a responsibility to his employer and his country. No ice cream? Big nodders. (laughs) No video games? (laughs) So, yeah. Now, Chris. Chris, you're our resident expert on the Korean Peninsula. I am. Uh, So these terrorists, are they... uh, are they North Koreans or are they South Koreans who just want to fight the North Koreans? Well, uh, I thought you were going to go in a different direction. You'd be like, what percentage That's of a the... lot of directions I could I, go. I thought you were going to go as like, I have a question about this. What percentage of these actors are actually Korean? To which I'd say maybe like 12%. <laughs> like More than you'd think. You know, they're, I, they're I, like, I, they're like black British guys in, in Hollywood. I was, you know? I noticed, wasn't that, wasn't that Mad Dog from the Raid movies, Parker? Wasn't he uh, in there? That was him. Like, you know, the little when I was guy. born, I was a regular dog. He was a, he was that little guy. You know? Well, uh... Yeah, he was him. Carefully tiptoe over this. I'm pretty sure that was him. I'm gonna look that up. Uh, but you're saying, were they South Koreans or were they North Koreans? It's... At first I was watching, it was just like, oh, that's those are North Koreans and they're cosplaying as South Koreans. But I, I guess I got a little bit confused by, like, the main bad guy who, uh... The, his backstory is that he crossed over the DMZ with his mom when he was like a little kid. So he's technically North Korean. But once you cross over, you get citizenship in South Korea. So now you're South Korean. But now you want to like work with the North Korean. Now that actually does happen. A lot of people that cross over from North Korea and they're like sleeper agents. But apparently he's mad that his mom got blown up by an American landmine. So he's taking revenge on the United States <laughs> that way. And I remember thinking to myself, wow, that's the dumbest fucking thing I've ever heard How in do you life. find a landmine if you're already a citizen of South Korea? Like, no, apparently like, maybe she said, oh, go on ahead. Dig it in the sand at Incheon? I, I don't know what it was. Apparently she, uh, she found the wrong one. <laughs> she went on the really, really well-preserved nature path there. Oh, look, I found this beautiful American coin that I can cash in for thousands of dollars in gold. (laughs) Love just, like, having this global conflict and be like, if it wasn't for you Americans, everything would be okay. It's like, I mean, that's also true, but I feel like we're missing the forest for the trees here. (laughs) Come on, man. (laughs) Maybe deal with the issue in your backyard and then kidnap the president. All right. So anyway, well, uh, it turns out that was not Mad Dog from the Raid movies. So, Parker, you should apologize. I was I'm so night. sorry. Yeah. Well, anyway, I'm so uh, sorry for doing that thing I always do. Yeah, <laughs> you know what it is. Well, somebody who has not been mixed up with another Asian actor is our chief bad guy here, played by one Johnny Tran from the Fast and the Furious movies. Yes. Who That's always looks like he's having a going. bad day with his face. He's a serious man. He's got serious work to do in the White House. Yeah. Uh, I I think as soon as I saw him, I was just like, that's bad news right there. I wouldn't let him in there. But they do. They let him in. Your dad said the same thing. 
Well, for different reasons. <laughs> <laughs> but he was right. That's all that matters. He that, didn't let yeah. you know about it. Again, that's See, what if I you're just listening to me, it's like, yeah. okay, okay. My knee was working. Oh, boy. Anyway. Uh, yeah, the Koreans attack. And I really like this scene. This scene, uh, I, I thought it was really action-packed. It woke me up because uh, I was so bored by the movie. I was like, all right, finally something's happened. Whoa, a lot of stuff is happening. I like, cannot believe the body count in this scene. Yeah. This, this is yeah. straight ripped from 24. Yeah. Like, there's yeah. no other way to describe it. Yeah. They're like, but done even better and, and bigger and stuff. There's like, you can see blood and stuff like that. Apparently what they did is they actually talked to uh, real life secret service agents and said, okay, so if you wanted us to like, uh, if we were to attack the white house, how, how would we pull it off? And the secret, uh, the secret service agents just told them, which uh, secret <laughs> service agent reacts to Olympus's fall. <laughs> it's, a, it's a YouTube thumbnail. And they're just like, <laughs> 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 yeah, that's what I would recommend. Uh, wait, can we cut this? We're live? Oh. <laughs> well, anyway. <laughs> that's how I kill that gat dang old bummer, you hear me? Yeah, so first of all, we would make him do a suicide bomber thing, and the guy who uh, directed this, he, he actually said that he didn't want to make another movie where it's like the Middle Eastern people were terrorists. He's like, that's kind of been done to saturation. How about we make uh, the Koreans do something, you know? They're friendly enough that they won't really mind. And I guess they didn't, because uh, I haven't heard anyone, you know, whining about this one. They do have a suicide bomber, though, to get in, so hope that guy's family was well compensated, because they don't have, like, the 72 virgins thing in South Korea. Believe me, I Hey, uh, hey Chris, I have a question for you. All right. Who is your favorite Korean actor in this movie, and why is it Dylan McDermott? <laughs> <laughs> what, was his, what was his motivation again? I forgot. I just remember, I think he says, like, uh, no wonder I, I never voted remember. for you or whatever. <laughs> I, I, I know this guy had a reason for doing what he did, but I can't remember yeah, what it was. I'll be goddamn. Yeah, like what, what the fuck was that? I, I don't even the remember. Scene, even the scene where he dies, I was like, wait, why did he that? Yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah, exactly. I, I just completely forgot about that. The Siege awesome. on the White House has like several Call of Duty kill streaks in it. It's incredibly good. You want to talk about the gunship? I want to talk about the gunship. Yes. I want to talk about them releasing the pack of dogs on the yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was good. They released the hounds. It is, <laughs> it's it's shocking after the hounds were released that Aaron Heckart's son even survived to be a plot device. <laughs> but uh, I, I like I like the old guy who pointed up the, at the sky with just pointing with his finger. And went, hey! <laughs> <laughs> get torn asunder by a gigantic gunship. Which yeah, let me tell you four stars right there buddy <laughs> yeah <laughs> they don't make them like they used to yeah they not a lot in of terms stuff. of content and quality of scene yes i can't imagine there are many movies where an ac-130 just lays waste to the white house <laughs> that's gotta be a small list yeah oh man yeah that that scene was really good there was there's a lot going on i this scene was almost perfect except for like two different shots of the tattered american flag like as soon as they, they shot it, I was reminded. <laughs> Hell of, yeah, brother. Dude, I was reminded of Roll Battleship. Tide. I was reminded of Battleship Island, where they like they run through and they split the Japanese flag. I was like, okay, guys, come on. But like the first time they shot, it, I was like, yeah, you know, whatever. The second time they showed the shadow, the tattered American flag, as they they ball it up and they toss it off the roof of the White House, and it slowly falls to the ground upside down, which is a signal of distress. 
I was like, oh my god. That's <laughs> so good. Dude. We don't get to talk about the Battle of Lake Changjin. We got shit like this. The American flag is actually very stressed out. He doesn't like when you do this. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the American flag is a pit bull now. <laughs> uh, Mike Banning is working his desk job and... Uh, he is the audience's Uncle Rico, where he's just like, yes. yeah, man, if I was in this situation, I would fucking, I'd leave my fucking desk, I'd grab my gun, dude, I'd run straight over there, and I'd fucking save the president. Yeah. If I had been All up right, there man. on 9-11, things would have gone down differently. And yeah, you know exactly. what? I believe him. To this yeah. day. Because he is really good at dodging gunfire from that AC-130. I don't know <laughs> how. It's a better or worse movie with Mark Wahlberg. Just, just put it out there. Yes. Anyway. I don't want him to replace Gerard Butler, but he wouldn't take some. He wouldn't take some fucking libtard. If it would shave thirty minutes off. If it, Mark yeah. Wahlberg was in this, then you guys would have. Well, you would have assigned it to me, then I would have had to try to convince you. No, this one's actually oh good. God. Like Deepwater imagine, Horizon. Could, could you imagine if Mark Wahlberg was the president instead? Oh my god! Oh, wait, oh my god! I'm, talking I'm, call, I'm there, calling up Hollywood. He, right he, now. There, he would not have talked. <laughs> I, I I believe for that. sure. Should we talk we'll about that? that Should we talk about that scene? We can talk about, we'll that, talk about that scene. That scene yeah. is the stupidest. Okay, scene the so Johnny movie. Tran, uh, bad guy Johnny Tran, as opposed to what uh, has uh, the uh, president and the National Security Council as hostages, and uh, they have to get the three what are they called Pegasus codes or whatever, and uh, Cerberus codes, buddy. Oh wow, I was thinking Cerberus of, codes. I, I was. I'm sorry. I was. Oh, that makes sense. You're thinking I was of Yu Gi Oh! Yeah, I was thinking of Yu Gi Oh! Yeah, that's what I was doing. <laughs> Johnny Tran. See, what's the matter, Yu Gi Boy? <laughs> you can't torture the codes out of my subordinates. Mike Banning, oh. you have to gather all of the star chips to unlock the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, I'll give you my code. But one of my security council members still is only lies. <laughs> totally my grandfather's nuclear arsenal has no pathetic weapons. <laughs> Alright, so the movie ends. <laughs> no, anyway, we, we, we do gotta you talk did about this the to yourself, we, we do gotta talk about the scene though. So anyway, they're trying to get the three Cerberus codes. And uh, he he takes like one guy. He's got like a knife to his throat, and he's like, "Oh, I'll kill him if he doesn't give me the code." And the guy is like prepared to die to like not get the United States nuked. Which I have to say, hey, thank you for taking one for the team. And uh, President Aaron Eckhart says, eh, "Just give him the code. I don't want to see it die. It, <laughs> it, I I just say it a lot. I don't want to like throw up or anything. And it's gonna be okay because I'll never talk." Because it's my duty as a president. I am not a freaky defense guy. <laughs> it really is to go back to Will Ferrell and Austin Powers. Like you just yeah. ask him three times, like, "Fuck, you got me." Okay, so uh, whiskey, hotel, niner, tank. <laughs> That's all it takes. He punches him twice. He's like, "Ah, don't tell him. Don't tell him." Oh, I guess you give it to him. It's okay. It's fine. <laughs> oh, thank God you're here. <laughs> also, if you're these hostages, don't you just immediately execute the vice president like you think the american people are gonna be like oh my god they they have the secretary of defense what are we gonna do like who gives a shit you gotta yeah. you gotta make a splash immediately yeah also but he call a celeb shot i'll shoot donald rumsfeld for you yeah, also exactly. <laughs> by the way like by definition parody, parody. you can't actually take the president of the united states hostage because once he becomes like incapacitated or whatever he's not president no more now you get morgan freeman by uh, the way, now, see now you're thinking like a dad because yeah. that is not how the 26th works. But well, we'll go whatever. With it. I, I read Freeman. that in the IMDb trivia. 
He's the speaker of the house. His name is Alan Trumbull, and that is an incredible <laughs> fake yeah. politician name. Five stars for that. It is. It is. It's very good. Yeah. I forgot he was in this movie. Yeah. He spends uh, the entire see, movie I, just standing behind a desk ordering people around. So. Which, uh, I don't know how you forgot that, considering the he's the president in the third one. Yeah, but. well, well. We'll get there. Uh, oh yes, we will. Yeah. Uh, anyway, he becomes a new president, and uh, he orders a coffee and tells people, "Okay, I want to do this, this, and this." And I was kind of reminded of the PR guy from Plane, That's who should have been the, the acting I... president in this movie and every movie, really. Correct. Uh, well, I mean, he has had at least two roles as the actual president, and good for him because you know he's earned it. But also, any time that I think about a movie where the secretary of or uh the speaker of the house becomes president i think about the west wing because the speaker of the house was john goodman oh was he (laughs) oh man maybe i will watch that one of these days it's uh it's actually pretty good john goodman is president with his little dog in the oval office is real good that's exactly what i want i'd vote for him so now the movie stops dead because The president is talking all this shit. Like, yeah, I never hear the fucking code. He's just like, "Hey, what about your son?" He's like, "What? We're we're <laughs> saying about my boy? Is my boy safe?" So the Junior. whole movie just turns into <laughs> Mike Banning, boy hunter for like ten minutes. <laughs> he finds him in like the first room he looks in, and they go play cave explorer. And he's like, "All right, the boy's free." And then it just turns into, "All right, well now that this one human being is off the premises." I'm going to murder every single slightly looking Asian person in this building. Mike Banning is ready to terminate all of these Charlies. He does not care where they're prejudice. from. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, see, this is the thing is it kind of reminded me it was like a bunch of Americans played Bill Gear Saul and they're like, wait, what if we did it? And we did it in our own house. And uh, they do, except he, uh, he doesn't really incapacitate people so much as brutally murder them. He kills the shit. It's real black dynamite when he's in Vietnam. Yeah. Look at his little Chinese eyes. His Chinese <laughs> leg was hanging from the ceiling. He executes <laughs> with extreme prejudice. I gotta admit, and, I did kind of chuckle at the line where he's like, he's got the two people tied up. He's like, my job is to. I'm not doing the uh, an American accent here because he does. It's like, uh, well, uh, my job is to extract information from people. And they both chuckle. He just kills the guys like. Oops, guess I'm rusty. That's pretty good. Yeah. There's, there's... I enjoyed his, his Scottish accent just like yeah. screaming, trying to get out. So he's going to talk like this all the time. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I one problem with Gerard Butler, which uh, he's fixed now. Uh, man False. is not, not good at banter. The man right. cannot do witty banter. Because we try and do a whole lot of Die Hard oh, with, yeah. with Johnny Tran and. Not a single bit of it lands. Oh, yeah, that was really fucking bad. Why don't you and I play a game of fuck off? You go first. And then he turns his walkie off. It's like, that. that you know what that reminded <laughs> me of? Like, disagree. That, disagree. It's good. That No, that sounded like that kid who's like, do you have any idea you're messing with a future United States Army officer? <laughs> I'm that sounded like some shit that kid would say. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the movie literally is Die Hard, but they're just stealing the president. Yeah, there's is, a lot of Die Hard. Honestly, it's a good bit. And like, yeah. There's a well, lot I mean, of Die Hard's a good movie. I think I've said yeah. before, like, if you're going to rip off a movie, at least rip off something that's good. So, uh, Don't make it two hours, though. No, that, well, we'll get him an hour 45. Yeah. Because, uh, of course, like, every one of these movies, like, oh, man, he's really struggling. Oh, wait, his wife slash girlfriend works at a nearby hospital. And you're like, God 
fucking again? How many, <laughs> why do we need I, this? It this. made me think a lot about Ben Affleck's girlfriend getting nuked in Baltimore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, like the second half of the movie, after the fucking battle of Helm's Deep with a gunship, once the boy is free, it just turns into. Well, every other Secret Service agent is dead, so it's up to Mike Manning to go hallway to hallway, murdering everyone, while various uh, cabinet members get pistol whipped. <laughs> Honestly, pretty solid. That's what you want. We've done uh, worse with our time, yeah. that's for goddamn sure. I saw White House down, that's a... Uh, tries a little too hard. Is that the next Not one? Not nearly as satisfying. Uh, is what, God, White God House love Channing Tatum. White House is next one? No. Oh, that's no, no, buddy, we're going to Europe. Oh, good. London's about to be falling. How come I don't remember every time you come around? <laughs> I don't remember why did they go to London. I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, it's uh, some big European summit, and then a bunch of European heads of state get executed on the street because the terrorists get Aaron Eckhart again. Spoilers. Oh, but uh, How could the same thing happen to the same guy twice? Well, like it doesn't happen a third time, because uh, he fucking dies in that movie, I think. Oh, spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't remember. That's, I honestly, yes. I could have seen it. I could have seen it five times. I could have never seen it before. There's no telling. I might as well be going in blind. But uh, I think this ranks pretty high in the dad canon, obviously. It's I mean, an older it one, so be, like, yeah. it's, it's, it's pretty well established. I mean, they've made three of them, and they're already talking about making four, five, and six. Holy guacamole. I, I don't know where you go after the third one. Because the whole bit of the third one is like he's past his prime. And, you know, has to come back for one last job. But, uh. They have to go to know. space. Oh, God, please send Gerard Butler to space again. I, I really. I, we gotta see. A few movies. We gotta see <laughs> Uranus. It's been like 18 falling. months. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. Man. I mean, you gotta send Mike Banning up there to beat the Chinese to the moon. Tell me you're not watching. Yeah. <laughs> him just in a spacesuit with like a little jetpack trying to get be the first one to touch Mars going the whole time <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think I kind of love this movie you guys I had a good time NASA would make him yeah. shave they better know oh that. absolutely well wait well uh, Space Force so he'd be in Space Force do they make him I mean I know Buzz Aldrin have a beard but I'm not trying to like think about what happened to the fakers so yeah exactly I want to actually go to the moon let's be honest Stanley Kubrick is well known for having a beard Uh, the most compelling proof I've ever read about the moon landing being real is that after like the third take Buzz Aldrin would have punched Stanley Kubrick in the face I think think I'm all in now alright do we have anything else to say about Olympus's fall it's good yeah it's good good. these are good yeah you know it's solid like I I like the action the special effects are dated but uh like I'm, I'm not fucking complaining you know I mean do you watch a thousand horror movies what percentage of those do you think had a higher body count yeah. than just the siege of the White House? Yeah, it is I fucking. Pro- <laughs> I fucking promise you. You go to your dad's house right now. You put this on. The first scene that Dylan McDermott's on screen, he's gonna go. Never liked that guy. Yeah. Absolutely, oh, trust you me, can yeah. tell. You oh, can yeah. tell. Yeah. Sometimes you know. He's yeah. got the perfect energy for this role. Like I know we kind of glossed over that, but yeah. the dads know. They have you know their instincts are very honed for this. Dylan McDermott is not dating anybody's daughter. That's for goddamn sure. Oh, I've always not. said that. 
All right. This uh, is. I cannot wait to be 20 years older and just live in a recliner and watch these movies all day. <laughs> you guys have no idea. And just tell my non-existent son, like, yeah, you know, if things, things have gone differently, you know, if I hadn't gotten denied in the service, I'd be right there protecting the president. You know, this is the stuff that makes me want to have kids. I've got baby fever now. You know, I just. If my cock wasn't too big to be in a fucking fighter jet, you know, yeah. that would have been me up there. Yeah. You know, I, I'm going to be that guy with, like, I'm going to do it with Westerns now, you know? Yeah, that's what I would have done. <laughs> yeah, you know, if uh, if my gold mining business had gone a little bit further south, then, uh. You know, we'd be just rolling in Bitcoin, son. Yeah, I would have drawn faster than the other guy, too. Yeah. I, I like riding horses, think. actually. <laughs> you know, I actually don't need a saddle. But, uh, you know, that was before my back injury. Yeah. <laughs> See, they, they wear hats uh, mostly because they're they're weak. But, uh, you know. You can clearly see in the replay that the horse is AC. <laughs> 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 All right, we can stop recording. That's not even that for was, anyone else. Yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was good. All right. <laughs> oh, no! That's the tea, sis.